in a world where people actually watch the stuff their friends recommend. This is I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. We now know that these sort of efficient government responses as portrayed in movies like this are utter fantasy. It's actually the most unrealistic part of the film, and that includes the zombies. I mean, if this happened, the zombie outbreak would 100% spread way, way before the government ever took decisive action. Hashtag truth. Greetings, lookers. Welcome to this edition of I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. The podcast that's one part movie discussion, one part game show where we never know what we'll be watching next. I'll be your host, Ben Mitchell, and you can find me on Twitter and most social media with the handle at RedHenMedia1. Just look for that red hen icon. And our theme for series four is mockumentaries. And today we will be discussing Wreck. 2007, wreck, like recording, like hitting the record button on a VCR, which is a horror, mystery, thriller feature film that's currently streaming on the Roku channel with commercials. And just a quick comment about the true horror of wreck. The amount of granny panties in this movie is too damned high. So you like gratuitous upskirt shots, do you? Well, have all the granny upskirt shots in the world. Hashtag that's my fetish. Okay, I've memed, I've Simpsoned, and I've hashtagged. So now let's dig into the rancid flesh of this motion picture. And I'm here today with my distinguished co-hosts, who are likely talking behind my back, so we should probably think about joining their conversation already in progress. Hey, gang! Hey! Howdy. What's happening? With us today. She's simultaneously credible and incredible. The Anomaly, Kat Ramirez. Hey, y'all. Just like I'm always real with my friends and family, I'll always keep it real with y'all, too. As always, grateful to be here. Grateful to have you. And the provocative one, Mr. Devin Schwartz. El juego esta nueve. I have no, a cat's, cat's putting her hand to her face. So I, don't I have no, I have no uh, opinion. <laughs> well done, Devin. Actually, I do have an opinion since I don't know better. Excellent. And my good friend, <laughs> the incendiary, James Pepe. Hey, everyone. So, okay. So somehow I got it into my head that this movie was an Italian movie. And so throughout the first part of this movie, I was just like, these guys are so Italian. And then there's that scene where they're like 
all in the cafeteria and eating together. And I was like, what are they eating? I bet it's pasta. And then they are eating pasta, but they're not Italian. They're, they're uh, what, South American? Uh, they're in Barcelona, right? Spain, Spain yeah. Yeah, so anyway, they I guess they eat pasta there too, but it's not because they're Italian. <laughs> nice. So between this they movie eaten, they and... They should have uh, eaten what, like burritos or something? That's what they eat in Spain, right? No. no. What's the Spanish fish no, they no. always have that paella. everyone does? Everyone's American. Yeah, paella. paella. Everywhere does Nachos? it wrong except the person, that, except your grandma that makes it. Um, yeah, uh, so... Crunchwrap Supremes. Crunchwrap Supremes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The signature dish Spain. of Spain. Okay, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're right. literally now at war with Spain. <laughs> this just handed to me. Um, yeah, so between this and Roma, you were zero for two on that, Pepe. <laughs> oh, man. calling you out. Um, and our good friend, the irrepressible gentleman, Jim Scott. Hey, Jim. Hey. Greetings, gentle listeners and friends. I'm excited for your, all of you to join us trapped in our little square boxes discussing people trapped in an apartment building. Hey, nice. Tiny boxes and zombies. So let's get <laughs> this show on the zombie road. The path to Zombieville starts here. Just faxing. My dad. A rundown. I'm going to fax my dad a rundown. He's the only one I know that has a fax machine, so I'm with Jim on that one. Our boss, Charles Miner, just demanded a rundown, and... Jim from the office just handed the dossier to me, so let's see what I have for us on whatever this movie is called, Wreck. So, we have Wreck 2007. It's a horror mystery thriller feature film. Uh, with a score of 7.4 on IMDb and an 87 critical with an 82% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes Tomato Meter, which I think Jim cracked the code Ooh. on how to pronounce that. Uh, one reviewer commented that Wreck proves that found footage can still be used as an effective delivery mechanism for sparse economic horror. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, I am going to butcher this. Uh, directors Jami Balaguero, Paco Plaza. So there's two directors. Writers, same same guy, Jami Balaguero. I did it better the first time. Uh, Luiso Verdejo, uh, screenplay, screenplay, and Paco Plaza, screenplay. Stars, Manuela Velasco, Ferran Terraza, and Jorge Yamam Sereno. Um, which is probably all the stars that Spain had uh, available at the time. <laughs> Again, the, the, the night was dark because all the stars were in the <laughs> right. <laughs> So plot summary, yeah. Wreck turns on a... Turns on? Oh, the story, the movie turns on. Okay, I was reading that. The I mean, wrong you know. emphasis, emphasis on the wrong syllable. Like you said, those people who dig the upskirts. <laughs> yeah, totally. Turns, this is for you guys. On. So wreck yeah. the story turns on a young I'm not going to get through this turns on a young TV reporter and her cameraman who cover the night shift at the local fire station uh, receiving a call from an old lady trapped in her house they reach her building to hear horrifying screams which begin a long nightmare and a uniquely dramatic TV report that doesn't really give away any of the surprises like I'm going to so spoiler alerts yep 
Uh, rated R for bloody horror violence and language. So if you don't speak Spanish, you're going to want to brush up on your Spanish curse words for this one. Uh, moving right along, awards. It won 16 and 12 nominations. Notable wins. These are always fun. Include Amsterdam Fantastic Film Festival. Uh, it won Silver Scream Award. Uh, the Amsterdam Fantastic Film Festival sounds fantastic. That sounds like just you know, a hoot. It's just an honor to get nominated for the fin Amsterdam Fantastic Film Festival. The AFF. And then, yeah, and then they're just like, they're just too stoned to know what's going on in these movies. In That's right. This festival sounds like a hoot, is what I would say if I was running around Amsterdam drunk. <laughs> uh, okay, and the Brussels International Festival of Fantasy Film, the BIF, uh, it was the winner of the Pegasus Audience Award. Uh, cool. I hope the statue was a Pegasus. That'd be that'd be rocking. Uh, just like the old uh, what was the uh, studio that had the Pegasus flying at you? Like oh the best, yeah, the best goddamn intro uh, stinger for all those production bumpers. And the the studio is now defunct. Does anyone remember that one? It wasn't TriStar, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was, was TriStar. It TriStar, wasn't it? TriStar. Yeah. I'm going to go with that if, if we're wrong, whatever. But everyone knows it. That Pegasus was badass, man. Uh, it also won something called the Silver Raven. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I'll give it a couple of registers. Not 16, because some of them I just I couldn't even. I'll give it a couple. Uh, trivia. The actors were never given the script in its entirety. They must have gotten to the Blair Witch uh, filmmaking school of found uh, footage. Uh, so none of them knew of their characters' fates, and sometimes not until the day they were actually filming their scenes. This meant that the actors were, more often than not, stressed, nervous, and apprehensive on the day of filming. It's like getting cut from a baseball team in spring training. Get the little pink slip in your locker. Um, the film did spawn the Rec film series, which was followed by three sequels. Uh, I'm going to skip the, all of those because that doesn't matter. Uh, the film was remade in the United States under the name Quarantine in 2008, which I don't remember if I saw or not, but probably didn't. Uh, did anyone see Quarantine? Came out in 2008? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it too. Oh, you have. Okay. Well, we'll get into yeah. that. Then. I think I might have actually. It sounds familiar. It does on, sound Devin, familiar you know, to you me know, too, You don't watch movies. No, it's weird. I think movies, I might have. I'm curious about yeah, you in this right. movie, though, Devin. Uh, so, Goofs. Oh, he'll... Near the end, when Angela and Pablo are listening to the <laughs> recorder in the penthouse, that was my bad Goofy. Uh, look out for my good one. Angela is obviously rewinding the tape when she's listening to the recorder. Uh oh. Oh, shit. What uh -oh. a goof. Oh, I man. know. However, Stop the, the second presses. time she rewinds the tape, the audio implies that it was fast forwarded. Uh, so, this actually should be called an annoying detail. Um, but. Uh, Incidentally, I did make a prop record one time for a music video that had the, God forbid, the wrong RPM was listed on the label, and um, I was ruthlessly called out <laughs> for that error. Oh, so wow. I definitely I feel their pain on this one. So that's the rundown. Um, and uh, I know we have more of a show to do, but my soundboard's being annoying. It's like its own uh, annoying detail. Gets its own annoying detail award. You know, along along with thinking that this movie was Italian, I also thought Rect was just short for rectum. 
And I was waiting for that to kind of pan out in this movie. <laughs> what, what was the movie again that you were talking about earlier during the during the chat? Speaking of rectum. <laughs> oh, oh Solo. Yes. Yeah, Solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do not watch Solo. Yikes. All right. No, before no, no. we get too far into this discussion, though, um, we will dis- we will figure out who done it. And this is a real humdinger since we're down to one person. That's right, we've reached the segment where we guess and reveal who is responsible for this week's submission. Winner with the most correct guesses at the end of the series will win a Who Dundee Award. Uh, So since we're down to the last person, uh, if anyone wants to vote for not Jim, raise your hand now. (laughs) Uh, Otherwise, uh, Jim, uh, was it you who done it this week? Oh, yes. Wow. Yes, it was. Oh, surprising. What a twist. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> everyone gets a point, but uh, that does mean Yay. that uh, we have a winner, which we'll announce later in the show when we present the Who Dundee Awards at the fourth annual Who Dundee Awards. These annual awards seem to take place every six weeks, though, so I don't know if that's the right. <laughs> Are they the phrase. annual? Yeah. Oh, man. Just to make it seem more prestigious, you know. All the awards <laughs> right. do it. <laughs> including that amsterdam one well the country music awards sure seem to have a fucking award show every week oh do they (laughs) they sure seem to oh boy yeah uh who was the did you ever figure out the artist who was trying to send up uh oh no i never did i I don't even know how i can figure that out i shouldn't reference like outside conversations you know what go watch the show people on uh on youtube or twitch or something and you can replay our, our fun little chats that get recorded. They're pretty great. Yeah. And we barely ever uh, uh, call out uh, the other hosts who aren't there. But it happens. So you're in there somewhere. Especially you, Devin. <laughs> we love you. Oh, I know. Okay. So uh, now that we know who done it, it's time to ask why done it. Okay. How did you come up with Wreck, Jim? Yeah, well, um, like I had said last week, it wasn't my original pick, but uh, thanks to, you know, fate and destiny and all of that, I ended up being the last one because my pick was actually one of the stereotypical movies that Pepe had outlined in the very beginning. Uh, But it was after we had did the Blair Witch review. uh, It just jogged my memory and I'm like, oh, yeah, Rex, a uh, mockumentary style film uh, very similar in fact they took a lot of beats from Blair Witch and how they constructed this this movie Definitely. but um, h- how I saw it originally uh, it was my same buddy um, that I had mentioned in the previous season when we did All Through the House um, where his brother had um, directed and wrote the screenplay very cool and he had told me to watch this movie it's really really good uh it's a sleeper kind of classic it was just kind of bubbling up through like you know the independent some of the independent film festivals some of the ones you had mentioned i guess and i found it and watched it and really really enjoyed it um i love zombie uh movies but after a while they get kind of you know the same and so I'm always looking for the ones that are a little novel 
uh, without spoiling the ending for this one, there was a little bit more of a, a different tone uh, to this one. Um, and just the, say. Yeah. And just the, the shaky cam footage, some of the action not always taking place right center to where you can see it very clearly. Um, you, you know, things going on with other characters, um, just being frightened the whole time, the claustrophobia of it. I was like, man, this is a great uh, mockumentary film to kind of showcase what can be done with horror, you know, because mockumentaries either follow one or the other. It's the horror or the comedy angle, I, I find. And I think this one was an exemplar of the of the horror, so... Yeah, like you, I was, well, I mean, I, I'm not a huge zombie uh, fan because I feel like a lot of them do this kind of uh, blend into one another. I mean, I like, you know, the original Night of the Living Dead and, and a handful of other ones. Yeah. But a lot of the time I get a little bored with them, but this one I, was a pleasant surprise. I went into it kind of groaning like, okay, here we go with the zombie film, but it had enough twists for me to keep me yeah. interested and um sometimes going in with low expectations on things is a uh, can benefit the film because i was actually entertained but uh who's seen it i hadn't seen this one has anyone else seen it before shaking heads now i'm, I'm pretty sure i've seen it before and i but i i might be confusing it with the american one but i'm pretty sure i've seen this one which before. you did see okay how does, yeah, the, I, how does the american one uh, stack up against the OG, do you think? Now you know, I don't. Both. I don't remember. I don't remember it enough to say that. Say anything about it. Although I do seem. Well, I have something to say about the ending, but maybe we can wait about. Wait sure, sure, that, sure. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't remember enough. It came out a while ago, right? They adapted it pretty quick after this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it came out the year after, and um, to compare the two. I had seen some reviews because I wanted to dig deeper on this film because, um, you know, all I knew about it was real surface knowledge. Uh, and Quarantine came out the year after. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much, even though it was scene for scene. Uh, oh, it was a replication. Really a... Yeah, yeah. OK. Yeah, but um, it was different in the sense that I, I believe Quarantine was choreographed as far as having lines and things like that whereas just like you had outlined wreck was again improv um and they didn't know what was happening to their characters i wouldn't be surprised if when they were in the firehouse uh they didn't know what type of movie they were filming you know because they really kind of leaned in into that you know we're filming a yeah, that's fun uh, like that a fire station crew yeah, yeah, and so it added to the horror when everybody's talking at once and it's very chaotic. That adds a real level of realism. But anyway, anyways, to answer your question directly, I don't think Quarantine is as good a film, even though they had a bigger budget for it. You know, you can take a, the, the same basic script and blocking and you hand it to a different director and a different crew and it just comes out different who'd have thought and uh yeah it's hard to capture lightning twice you know yeah in a bottle or any other way really mm -hmm. um yeah so but this one uh they i think what was working well for the blair witch what they 
replicated in this worked again for this one. Yep. Uh, did everyone, how did everyone feel about this one though? I was, I was pretty <laughs> well entertained. Um, I, Devin, let's start with you because uh, yeah. you're like our canary in the coal mine for like gore and nudity. So um, <laughs> how, how are you doing? You know, this movie didn't like upset me nearly in the same way that all through the house did. Certainly. <laughs> um, I do think found footage to, to borrow a line from uh, uh, Blair, Witch. it's one step away from reality. And like for, for some reason, even though it's meant to be more realistic, I find found footage less disturbing. I think part of it is because mm. they don't do the stuff with sound, which is like very manipulative the way that normal horror films use sound and music to like, just ratchet up the tension and the yep. stress in you um that like very few found footage films use uh, uh at least music in that way um and uh i don't know it it didn't really the, none of the gore felt gratuitous to the to the extent that it was like like really focused like if there was something gruesome like someone's you know throat getting ripped out it was like two seconds on screen and then it's gone it's not like just sitting in it and letting it you look efficient. at it um, I think the only thing that really bugged me was jump scares, which will always bug me. And yeah. I still think they're lazy and uninteresting and just like not what horror should be. Um, but uh, I have a different you know, problem. Those were a little My problem is that they don't tend to make me jump. Um, and I don't know if that's just from watching too many movies and I've become desensitized Probably, yeah, to it or, or what. Um, did everyone watch this on? I watched it on the Roku channel because that was the one that was free. It came with. Uh, you had to watch some ads or whatever, but uh, I noticed they had this like kind of blocky, almost like eight bit text and um, at, for the subtitles. And I'm wondering if you guys all yeah. got that, too, with whatever for, uh, uh, place you were watching it. I also watched the Roku channel and not only was that kind of annoying, but also all of the commercials were like, just like with 10 Cloverfield Lane, which whatever service I watched that on, they were at exactly the most suspenseful points in the movie. Mm -hmm. Literally every time it was like about to be a jump scare or something and then commercial break. And it's like, what are you doing? It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. And it would bother me more, except I have to stop anyway to like record good parts that I want to like, you know, use sound bites of. But my point with about with the blocky yellow text and I, or the subtitle font is I was wondering if that was on purpose to make the movie seem more like rough around the edges or if that just happened to be like the crappy Roku font that they used. So did anyone watch it not on Roku? I, I watched it on Amazon. Yeah, so did I you didn't... notice that they had the text or no? I watched, or did you not have subtitles? I, I watched the dub version, so which... Anyone else did? I would love to rant about it, but if no yeah, one else, I did... I watched the dub version too. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't even realize it was a um, thing. Okay, yeah. Let's. That's I don't. I don't have a. I don't we've, have we've a Roku a TV. Here. I don't think so. Yeah. Do you okay. need a Roku TV to watch? The, yeah. Right. No, okay. no. You can watch Roku on your browser, which is what I. I like. Oh, I prefer okay. to watch movies on my TV, but when I'm doing this, I have to capture lines and stuff, so I'll usually go browser. Um, okay. Anyway. Well, I rented it on. I rented it on YouTube. Oh, interesting. And I and I didn't have a choice in the matter. They they forced me to sit through this god awful dub. So that couldn't oh, have helped it your was opinion so of the film it, then. Dude, it was so bad. I I hmm. tried to choose I was originally going to watch the movie it being Spanish and subtitles, especially because I'm like I can understand a lot of Spanish, so I'm like I'm I would prefer that. And I ended up watching it with my roommate. 
and half of them also are actually even more fluent in Spanish than me. So they were Mm -hmm. fine with that. But the other half were like, no, let's just do dub. And so we did dub instead. And I was like, that was Mm. such a wrong choice. Um, I almost feel like I need to rewatch the movie with it in Spanish just to dub version is so bad. (laughs) All right, let's do that right now. It was terrible. Stop it was terrible. Yeah. Like listening to now that, I want to now I want to just go and log in and watch the dub just to see how bad it was. Now you've piqued my curiosity there. Well, j- just listening to that clip that you had for the intro and like hearing the actors' voices and stuff. It how it should have so sounded. Better. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. I mean, great. the people they did that a good they, job. the people that they got to do this dub was like <laughs> they had to have just been like, okay, we have to do this dub. Who are we going to get for it? Uh, Let's pay this guy five dollars that we just found. Um, <laughs> What's we'll that put website? Him in our bathroom, like Fiverr yeah, right, or something. Like, yeah, Fiverr. They <laughs> the got Fiverr yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was. And I don't remember. We we were talking about this uh, when we. I finally got to meet Cat. Cat and Devin and I went out to lunch, and I finally nice. got to meet Cat. And we were talking about this. I think it was when we were talking about this. But some one of you guys mentioned that they don't do any like differentiation in the sound of the voices so like people who are further away don't sound like they're further away when they're talking oh yeah yeah. adr is an art to get right otherwise it sounds like a spaghetti western almost every time and i said that last week with the other side of the wind every time they used adr it was just like ugh, cringe so i that would have been bad sorry go ahead Devin. I, I was going to say, I, one of the things I appreciated most was the some of the acting in this, like particularly the the main woman and uh, the um, like older guy with like the curly hair. I don't really know. I don't know. He didn't get a lot of characterization, but he was a pretty good actor. A few of the, the supporting characters were pretty good. And then like the main main woman was very good. And I think they did a very good job of like conveying the intense emotions. And I feel like. I, yeah, I feel like that would all be lost with a dub. I can't imagine yeah. they got into motion, right? Yeah, I feel sad that you guys watched dub because there's a lot of intonation and authenticity with watching it in Spanish, you know? Yeah. They broke this, the movie. This was like, this was like the worst, like, <laughs> the worst, like, LimeWire downloaded fan dub of an anime level uh, <laughs> like you probably wow. got a computer virus to boot <laughs> yeah right yeah just even if you watch it on your tv somehow yeah that this bad. this this fan dub was shitty and now you just have like 50 key loggers on your on your computer well allow me to go to a clip that will show off a little bit of the uh the original dialogue in the acting the I, I forget her name already because I don't. I've already scrolled past it, but uh, she was very good, and um, she did win a Best New Actress award at one of these festivals. And I, I didn't look up her IMDb, but I hope she's still able to do stuff because she was a very good, very charismatic uh, actress. She's, she's a real reporter too, by the way. Oh no wonder she was so good at it. Unlike yeah. the Blair Witch girl, who was obviously she was supposed to be playing an amateur, but she, she definitely came across that way. But uh, yeah, this lady came across as a, uh, she definitely knew what she was doing. So that makes sense. Um, here's where uh, you got to be careful what you wish for. And she's to set it up for non-Spanish speakers like myself. Um, basically, she's doing the first bit of interviewing with one of the firefighters. 
and uh, they're talking about kind of how their day goes, and he's talking about how usually like 70% of their calls are like, you know, rescuing an animal from a tree, and she off the cuff kind of says, wow, I, I really hope that something happens, and then she kind of feels bad for wishing something bad to happen, so be careful what you wish for, and that's, that's, a, that's a, a, a thing in horror films too, uh, uh, the be careful what you wish for sentiment. It comes up a lot. Mira, por ejemplo, para atajar fugas de agua o para rescatar mascotas, por ejemplo, eso también, que aunque suene atópico es verdad, rescatamos mascotas, o para... Pues te va, te va a sonar fatal, pero yo estoy deseando que suene la sirena y que haya una salida gorda. Sí que no pasa nada. Bueno, esperemos que no. Pero para acompañaros no. y, y ver cómo es vuestro trabajo, de verdad, y cómo es... O sea, no, 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 no interpretes yo, yo, mal. Yo no entiendo que para, para vosotros para que es más mostrarlo. interesante, ¿no? Es más emocionante, pero esperemos que no. Que no pase nada y que, que todo se solucione. Que las rutinarias, ¿no? Exactamente. Yeah, we don't really want something bad to happen, but boy, wouldn't it be good for the cameraman and for the uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, of course, uh, you then go and set up the status quo of the fire station. It's all very quiet and she's doing her thing and uh, they end up playing a basketball game and then they get the call to adventure. It's all fun and games until granny panties bite you. Um, so they did a good job with the establishing the status quo. And what you want to do there is basically create a situation or environment or a world that as a viewer, you're kind of enjoying what's happening. And it's all, you know, it's it's an enjoyable mm-hmm. thing that you don't want interrupted. Uh, so that when the movie like kicks in, you're almost like disappointed by being, you know, interrupting this fun moment. And so I thought they delivered on that and uh, other structural points uh, there. Um, but let's uh, take a break from clips for a second and talk about how we how we liked this thing. And I'm a little worried about uh, those of us who watched the dub version and uh, to see how yeah. that affected your your uh, opinion overall. But was anyone coming out strong against uh, Wreck? I mean, there there are some things I like, some things, uh, a, a lot of things I didn't really like. I I think overall, uh, just broad strokes, it's a very mm-hmm. formulaic movie. Um, yes. There's 
almost absolutely nothing new that I haven't, you know, like even me with my very limited experience with horror, I have seen like every scene of this film before with maybe the only exception being the framing device of, of using the like firemen, like Jim was saying earlier, it was unique to have them follow firemen and that be like sort of the framing device. But really that's just like the first 25 minutes of the film. And then after that, it really doesn't matter who they're with because they have this whole cast of side characters. Um, and yeah, it's just like, particularly towards the end, and again, we, we can go in chronological order, but like the ending was like so generic. And like even the set that they had at the end could have been like from another horror movie that they just like jumped on the set real quick to shoot that scene. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, that kind of like brought me out of it a little bit when it just, it looked like the like every other haunted house and horror film out there. I will say this, that with, horror movies and maybe even probably even more so with romantic comedies uh you stray from the formula at your own peril um however with the structure being particularly important with writing something like that uh it's key that your twists and turns uh are um and and the idea in the and the setting and the and the people you bring into it those are the new elements that you have to bring in, and those have to be original for it to work. So, Jim, do you want to respond to that? Uh, what Devin was saying? Uh, uh, yeah, <clears throat> I actually, um, I, I can see uh, where Devin is going with. Uh, I, I've seen this before, for sure. Horror movies. Me too. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot of range. I mean, we definitely, if we were even to compare the, you know, Blair Witch with this one even though they use the same um, s style and, uh, you know, the unreliable narrator, you know, not sure, you know, what's going on, what they're doing. They're two different movies. And um, I feel like this, this one added a lot of great concepts. So it, I, I tend to think of horror movies like roller coaster rides. Yeah, we know we're going to get like the upside down, you know what I mean? Wheel. We're gonna get the twists. We're gonna get the turns. But it's it, it it's enjoying the ride as a whole. You know, as a ride itself as a whole enjoyable. And I feel like well, I feel like you know going into this movie if you knew nothing about it and you're watching in the beginning where you know they're in this firehouse, they're in a familiar surrounding, and everything is kind of going great. You know, and then it from there once they get the call it kind of descends into terror and i feel like yeah it's definitely formulate for sure um there are a few twists in there but not many but how they delivered so the building being very claustrophobic and kind yeah. of like narrow you, you know even the hallway was small and kind of boxing the characters in um, the fact that they weren't using these beautiful 20 and 30 somethings to play teenagers or whatever, you know, like they do in slasher movies, you know, it's just like beautiful people, you know, they were the mix of people you would really think lived in that apartment building. Um, the fact that some of the things didn't happen right dead center in front of you they happen off screen but they were terrible um like when they're running down the stairs and um it's after the old lady had bit the very first guy the police officer 
and they're panicking down there and they're, you know, and you can feel it kind of heightening. And then all of a sudden the other firefighter like falls all those flight of stairs and it that wasn't was dead center. It was kind of off the side, but I remember seeing that for the first time and being like, what the fuck just happened? You, you know? Um, and, and just the way they, they kind of ratchet, um, you know, the, t the tension, you know, and, and when it goes, it goes like dominoes. It goes very fast. You know, yeah. once one person's infected, two people are infected and they come to, then it's just game on, you know, everybody's running around and you see, you know, um, some of the characters that were once alive, uh, they're zombies. And I really felt for the mother, you, you know, first of all, her daughter, you know, we all know is, you know, a popcorn munching uh, audience members that she's going to turn. Oh, she's sick. Oh, she's sick with something bad. Right. But the mother doesn't know that. And they they handcuff her to the staircase. And that ends up being her demise. She has nowhere to go. And I was like, man, that's horrifying. You, you know, so it's those little elements and they are there's little kind of seasoning that you sprinkle um, onto the meal. I, I, I thought this movie was very satisfying. Yeah, I'll jump on board with that uh, real quick. I, I liked the the sealed in element. Is that called the bottle movie? Is that what you guys said before? I I was the one that didn't know that Turner phrase. But... I think they called it a ship in a bottle movie. Ship yeah, I think they're movie. called I think they're called bottle movies or ship in a bottle, bottle. movies, something like that. I've definitely heard of bottle episodes, which is the same concept—a bottle episode of a show being an episode that was cheaply produced in a single location. Yeah, you know, for I've for some contrived reason, usually. Well. Yeah. So I would imagine that can apply to a movie. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. And the setup was definitely uh, original enough for me. Um, the the delivery that I, and I like those other elements, um, particularly like the firefighter coming down, the the falling to his doom there, um, and yeah. some of the other uh, setups like that. Um, the girl was one of those. Am I the only one who didn't see that coming? <laughs> Um, I saw it coming in the scene when she was talking and clearly they were like telegraphing the girl was about to transform because uh, that's a zombie trope right there where the, the person can't yeah. transform until everyone realizes it but doesn't have enough time to react. That's such a like zombie right. trope. But uh, I didn't see it before the that when they were like, oh, she's sick. She just needs her antibiotics, but they can't bring it in here. I was like, oh, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't like, oh, she's going to like transform. But I, I sensed that others might have figured that out before me. I, I suspected it early and they did a, a kind of smart thing where they did sort of telegraph a lot of different kind of like things at the same time where they like they talked about uh, like that one couple's dad who's like he's uh -huh. sick in his apartment. It's like, oh, maybe yeah. maybe he's sick with something. And then they talk about this guy who's like been out of town and like we don't know. And they talk about the penthouse that's like empty and like no one ever goes up there, which yeah. did turn out to be part of the setup. But like they do a good job of all at once. They're like there's all these just mysteries in this building information and exactly so it's like you have good. so many things to be suspicious of that you're not focusing Man, on I'm the girl but i did kind of think it no that I, I know zombie movies love to make little kids zombies so i was like i feel like it's gonna be the little girl yeah and that was fun but <clears> the thing that i really enjoyed was how they tied in the whole catholic conspiracy theory and uh the possession and um uh, yeah the how that how it wasn't just a straight up like disease or whatever but it had some kind of biblical implications to it i thought that was a pretty cool twist but they didn't bring that in until kind of the end but it was definitely like i kind of sat up like oh now here we go um but how did that land for everyone else 
Well, see, this is this is where my memory might be betraying me because I mm -hmm. think in quarantine. Okay, well, I'll, I guess I'll preface this by saying, I there is a there is a a group of movies, and I know they exist, but I couldn't think of another example of one. I, but I know that they're out there, and I know I've seen other ones like this, where you have the whole movie going on, and you are sort of becoming very well acquainted with the danger that is in the movie. Mm -hmm. And then something will happen where it's like, like there's a whole new level to this danger that was previously unrealized. Um, and I think that that's kind of what they were trying to do in this, in this movie. And I, I seem to be remembering that the American version, I think did it a little bit better because they left it more ambiguous. Um, Yes, I think I think in the American this might this might be totally me making this up. But I think in the American movie, when they <laughs> get it. up, when they get up into the attic or the penthouse or whatever, they don't. It's basically just like a weird creature up there that they don't really have any explanation for. It's just like it's as if it's, it's like a completely different thing that's not connected to whatever is going on down below. That's how I seem to remember it. And that to me is more interesting because you're sort of out of the frying pan and into the fire, right? Okay, real um, quick. Um, yeah, the one thing that kind of hit me weird was that the demonic possession like enzyme <gasps> smacked, like saying it specifically was like enzyme related and the enzyme like evolved. It smacked a little bit of the whole midichlorian fiasco from Star Wars or the Star Wars prequels to me. Um, but yeah. I was willing to forgive that. But Jim, is, is he remembering that right? Do you do you remember? Yeah, yeah. So the ending for both movies or uh, for that movie was a little bit different. I think I think besides the monster and, and it has been a while since I've seen that one as well. Um, but I think coupled with that monster, they found some evidence that it, it was firmly ensconced in disease and that the guy that was locked in that penthouse or whatever might have had designs to kind of release it, um, maybe out into the general public or something along those lines. But my memory could have be failing me as well with that. But it, it was more ambiguous. No. And I think with this movie, it's still ambiguous in the extent of. And I think from what I've read, there's a lot of fan theories too that kind of spun out, and that's what made this movie really interesting is it's only one person's uh testimony so is this person just you know falling off the rails because you kind of get that feeling because of all of the stuff that's cluttered you know when they're throwing the the spotlight on the camera around there's all of this stuff that's cluttered in in, in the in the uh penthouse it's almost like a witch's hut in a way you know, with all these clippings yeah. and things like that, it kind of seems like maybe this guy was crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, Definitely. unless you were under like these exact circumstances, right? If you went into somebody's yeah. room and just like looked at their like red yarn evidence wall, you just yeah. be like, this is bullshit. What is yeah. this? You know, uh, I think Leonard's a section eight. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but Devin, so they, they um, imply that there's this kind of, 
secret battle of good versus evil just beneath the surface uh, normal world. So did that appeal to you at all? Or was it too little too late? Yeah, for me, the ending kind of felt like I don't it didn't feel connected to the rest, which I, you know, I think can be done well, like Pepe saying, like the, the idea of like discovering an even greater, like, you know, unknowable horror, like that kind of thing is appealing. I like HP Lovecraft, you know, stuff like that. But I think it kind of in this film, it just felt like I was like watching a zombie movie and then like the zombie movie ended. And then I was watching like, I don't know, like the conjuring. I, I've never seen like one of those biblical horror movies that are all about right. Christ and stuff, you know, those movies you've never seen. <laughs> yeah. Those movies I don't watch, but like, yeah. it felt like I just like, it just ended and another one started. And I was like, it's like, okay, I don't know. I, I feel the ending could have been a little done a little better, but it was interesting. It, like it kept me intrigued. Most of this movie did that, which is, is, you know, the point I don't want to get lost here is that it wasn't, it, it was fun to watch. You know, I'm almost like morbidly curious about the sequels and like what me they too. even I wonder do. if they just oh, go no. and ruin the whole like fun fan <laughs> theory driven, you know, uh, fandom about this. I yeah, think exactly. yeah, I think either the second or third one is on a is on an airplane, so it's it's yeah. super extra good. Uh oh, was Samuel L. Jackson? Yeah, in it? yeah. <laughs> you gotta get, gotta get Sammy Jackson up there. Oh my god, if he's not in it, that's that's a, a crime in and of itself. What was up with that era and like basing horror movies on planes? I feel like there was a ton of them, or like just thriller movies in general on planes. Action there movies. was so many. Dude, yeah. it's a way it's, some, uh, like a, it's like a place people go to, like where there's no escape, right? I was yeah. just gonna say that uh, some fair. executive yeah. at uh, Warner or something bought like a, a very expensive like plane uh, set or something, so right. they had to like get <laughs> mileage out of it. You know, like, all right, we're gonna green light uh, any script that is set within a plane now for the next uh, three years. <laughs> Passenger that kind of thing has happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, what about uh, the Left for Dead? Uh, uh, you startled the witch, uh, lady at the at, at the end. Did anyone yeah. else catch those vibes? <laughs> totally, yeah. That was absolutely a witch. I was like, oh, they startled yeah. the witch. I literally said that. <laughs> you can't do that. Come what? On. Yeah, yeah. Well, not only that, just that you know, having the ending, you know, because in a good horror movie, you always it, it just always just crescendos and crescendos and just ratchets, and so. You know, they're getting more and more isolated and more and more yeah. trapped. And they're in the penthouse. There's only two of them and no, no lights. Yep. So you're in the darkness and then the witch breaks the light. Now you're in complete darkness. You know, you only have the night vision. And and I know they did that in 28 weeks later. But man, is that horror? Because a lot of times when I watch horror movies, it's more than just suspending my sense of disbelief. Mm -hmm. I think what the hell would I be going through if I was actually in their shoes experiencing what they're experiencing? And that's a fun way to like, you know, enjoy the roller coaster ride for what it is, but being in the darkness and you know, there's a monster. It's not your mind conjuring that you're a monster. You've seen it. There's a monster in there with you it is yeah, absolutely horrifying. Yeah, no, that would be, yeah. that would be just terrifying. And I love how it's like well, out of the frying pan into the fire thing, you know, another yeah. like classic horror thing. Like they think they're going to get away and and it's and it they end up uh, facing uh, mega zombie or, or what have yeah. you. Yeah. Station zero. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of 
speaking of video games, I wanted to get this in here real quick. Mm-hmm. It, it's Uh-oh. interesting that this movie came out the year before Left 4 Dead, when like both visually and in her behavior, mm-hmm. like the character at the end is very similar to a witch. Like she looks a lot like the original design of the witch yeah. from Left 4 Dead, which is curious. And also, uh, I noticed a ton of similarities to Resident Evil 7. I don't know if anyone has played Resident Evil 7 here. Jim, I don't know if you ever played I it. Played the, I played the... Um, uh the what do you call it the demo and then i okay. actually yeah. have it i actually have it i bought it digitally and i played a little bit farther than that but well famously that was my first one more thing as we all remember on yeah. the show famously yeah famously i mean star resident evil 7 walk of fame now and yeah the of course <laughs> devin's uh resident evil 7 bit yeah uh but I noticed a ton of similarities. I mean, in Resident Evil 7, there's a whole subplot that's based around found footage. That's like a, a huge theme. There oh. is a oh, yeah. little girl yeah. who is a zombie in it. Who hmm. uh, There's also a possessed person in it who like ages rapidly and becomes like a decrepit old woman. Uh. And uh, like there's like and there's like a whole a lot of like night vision close ups of people's faces, which like that the ending really reminded me of that. Uh, uh, a lot of like walls full of pictures of stuff. I don't know. There was a lot of like eerie similarities, which is bizarre because it's a Japanese game based in Alabama. It has no tie yeah. to Spain or this film, this small film at all. And it came out but after it was this? eerie. Yeah, like five or six years after this movie. So mm-hmm. it's very possible. It's really interesting because the entire time I was watching this movie, and obviously I'm I don't uh, a gamer. I don't play that many video games. I don't. I've never played whatever game Devin just mentioned. Um, but did you guys hear that? What she meant to say was whatever stupid game Devin was talking about. Uh, <laughs> that was heavily implied. No yeah. comment. Subtext. Yeah, yeah, heavily implied. But I throughout the yeah throughout the watching of this the viewing of this movie, I was just like, this reminds me of a video game so much. Like, and hmm. I just I'm like, it literally like reminds me of like seeing I don't like on Facebook ads for like these like scary like video games you can play i don't know if it's virtual reality or virtual reality or what but um you're essentially in these rooms and you have to make a decision on what to do and there's like a zombie chasing you all, all those things i was like it just feels like such like a video game and i kept saying that so that's just funny that you got that too Devin. interesting so how did this movie sit with you overall cat was it an um, enjoyable popcorny thing or was it uh, a bit of an hour hour plus homework or what so so I know that basically I didn't criticize this movie for the dubbing. You know, I understand yeah. that it, it it affected my experience of this movie, but I obviously am not going into it critiquing the movie because that's not that wasn't the original. So, hundred percent, right. like that's not part of it. Um, I will say that I I just came to the realization that I do think that I have um, a lower standard for these type of movies or like maybe the horror genre in the sense that it's a thrill ride for me. Like I find it as like going to an amusement Mm -hmm. park where if I get out of the movie, you know, entertained and amused, then I'm like, oh yeah, I had a fun time watching that movie. And I don't really have the same expectations as I do with like any other genre in, in, you know, in movies. And so, um, definitely was entertained i liked this movie i enjoyed it 
But I also see a lot of the cliches and the tropes that you guys are talking about within this movie as well, that I'm just like, I, I, I hold it to a higher standard or I, I don't hold it to a higher standard because of the fact that I'm like, did what I like horror or suspenseful movies to do, which is like, sure. make me feel tense or scared, which it did that. So Good. Yeah, I think well, it, well, it fulfilled that for me too. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just going to say well said, Kat, because that's the same approach. I don't, I don't look at like, you know, uh, Friday the 13th and expect it to be Schindler's List. Right. You, you know, that's not right. what you're watching it, it for. So. Horror is unique in that way, I think. Can we all agree on that? Mm -hmm. That it's, it's yeah. kind of like the, the bar is lower. And I think it's more accessible. Uh, I think we go into it more looking for something different, a bit of fun, a, a little uh, thrilling, uh, thrills and some scares and stuff. Uh, maybe some gross out gore or something like that um, in a lot of well, cases. But for the filmmakers as, as well, it's more accessible to deliver something. like As that guy said uh, in the review that it was like, let me scroll up to it. They said it was the, it proves that found footage can still be used as an effective delivery mechanism for sparse economic horror. And yeah, horror is like the only thing that you can be that economic and sparse with and still mm -hmm. deliver uh, an appealing, uh, fun experience, I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there was something else that Kat had said, and it sparked something that I had read before. Maybe we could discuss it, because I think this is part of a filmmaker's toolbox, too, is the use of tropes. So what I had read is a trope is 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 exactly that when they take a commonly used kind of concept, mm -hmm. but they move it to interesting ways. Yes. Whereas a cliche is they're taking that commonly held assumption or the way it's done and they don't give you anything new. Or, or they're giving it to you, and it's just been overdone. Um, that does that have a sense of truth to it, Ben? Or you know, like how I are tropes that, used that, in filmmaking? I mean, that struck me as, as I think that the that the language is used differently by different people, as as tends uh -huh. to happen sometimes. But I like that definition that you laid out there. That that that, that would be the distinguishing characteristic. Like a trope is yeah. like a cliche done well or with a new twist on it, you know, a little twist of lime. Yeah. In there. Uh, I, I yeah. buy that. Yeah, sure. Well said. Um, Pepe, did you have something to add there before? Or did I, did I make you forget your, yeah. your comment? <laughs> well, no, I was just, I was going to, I was just going to say that it seems like when people, I don't know, maybe this is like a, maybe this is just a, common occurrence for genre films but they t but people tend to think of it only within its own genre mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so uh -huh. like so like people tend to think it, when they think about the like how good or bad a horror movie is they generally don't they generally only compare it to other horror movies or maybe at least mm -hmm. i do um and so yeah you're not you're not like comparing it to yeah like schindler's list or like citizen kane or something um but there are, I mean, obviously there are some some films that uh, defy their sort of genre barriers, right? And they kind of... Yes, and those yeah. those are the ones who tend to become the horror Oscar winners, which is what we'll be, like, hopefully yeah. delivering on next series. 
Um, so I'd be interested to see those those ones that are able to rise above their genres, right, and deliver something that that redefines the genre as it rises above it, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. There are a few, but um, but I also think that you know, it, and especially after looking at the list, you know, of um, Halloween-themed, Oscar-winning movies, it's mm -hmm. a very short list, it and is. a lot of those movies were done a long time ago. Um, so I don't think that a horror movie has to be. Um, Oscar worthy to be good or great, right? Even, I mean, no, that's... and I mean, go ahead. Like different movies do different things, right? Like it's yeah, it's like there is something, there is some, there is some shared goodness that both like Indiana Jones and I don't know, like and Citizen Kane have, right? They're, they yeah. they they attain something. There's something in both of them that they have in common, right? And even though they're very different movies, they're still like some of the best movies ever made, right? They're still yeah. equally as good, but they're good I'll for like completely different reasons. Different. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't go at them with a sword because then they'll just shoot you with their revolver. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. That's the one thing I learned from uh, Dr. Jones, yeah, the one of the Citizen early things. Kane. Oh, no. Yeah. Doc, right. Yeah. From Citizen Kane. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Don't bring a fountain pen to a gunfight. Yeah, so I mean, there's a there's a way of achieving greatness without like, I don't know, like having uh like a certain depth. Like I I don't think Indiana Jones is like a particularly like deep movie. I don't know that there's a lot of like philosophy yeah. and like thought inducing stuff going on in it. Um, no, but it achieved in a depth in a different sense. I mean, I'm I, I'm picking up what you're laying down there. Yeah, no, I mean, it has a depth of character, right? Like, right. you love Indiana Jones. He's yeah. so cool. You want to do everything. You want to, like, go along with him. Yep. But he's but Indiana Jones isn't, like, a thought-provoking movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not, no, like, a thoughtful No, it's more movie. like a, uh, like Kat was saying, like, you're you're along for the ride on, on the thing, you know? Well, yeah, it's enrapturing. You're just so yeah. taken up by it. That, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. And I think that, so that's, but I think that's a, that's a quality of genre films is that oftentimes they sort of, they sort of stay within their group and you're like, okay, well, this is a horror movie. How good is it? Well, let me think of the other horror movies that I've seen you mm -hmm. know, and measure it against them. Yeah. Right. Well, that I was going to say that that's how, um, that Santa movie, I ended up giving it a B or something like that because I was comparing it to other horror movies and I wasn't comparing it yeah. directly to uh, Citizen Kane or something, you know? Um, mm -hmm. yeah, right. And that's that's another thing that, like I said, makes that genre um, an exception in, in many ways and so accessible to new directors. I think it's a good thing that it exists because, I mean, if you think of directors who moved on from their early horror works you're talking about yeah. the best directors in the yeah. business, including Steven oh, Spielberg. Yeah. Including Spielberg, yeah, definitely. Hitchcock, Hitchcock kind of stuck with the thriller thing, but I mean, a lot of those guys moved on to other things. Um, uh, I'm grasping for other uh, James Cameron. Oh, the guy, um, James Cameron, yeah, uh, right. The, the Alien, two Alien uh, movies, yeah, exactly. 
Alien and Aliens. Yeah, both those directors. Ridley Scott, I think, was the first one. Yeah, Ridley right? Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, all these guys are amongst some of the best in the business, and they started with these uh, somewhat uh, approachable, lower budget uh, movies that they. And those movies really did rise above the genre, though uh, the ones that 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 uh, launched their careers, like Jaws and Alien and stuff. Um, and they were able to pull it off. And if you and even like Evil Dead, uh, you know something like that. Um, oh yeah, Evil I Dead. I mean, yeah. you know, Sam like these really really low budget ones ended up launching stellar careers, right? And so, well, I mean, it's, it's a good such thing a, that the genre exists. It's, I mean, it's so much. It's, I think, it's doubly important that it exists nowadays, right? Because, like, you're not going to get a half a billion dollars to make your movie unless it's like an IP that everybody knows. Oh, definitely. And is going to have, you know, for a fact, is going to get like asses and seats, right? Yep. But if, but every every production company or whatever, you know, knows about Blair Witch, which cost five dollars to make and made a uh-huh. hundred million dollars, you know. Yeah, and so they're they're more they're more apt to like kick kick some coin to the new directors to do it. Yep, and the the uh, yeah. AFM the American Film Market they have these people that go there called uh, producers reps that actually take these movies and they're the guys that go down there and sell them for distribution and um, that's how a lot of this stuff I've worked on uh, several of them at least a handful of these horror movies and they're usually and the re- most recent one was a zombie film. Not unlike this one, you know, it took yeah. place in an apartment complex uh, or a, ho- a motel was what it was. And um, yeah, went down to uh, American Film Market and sold the sucker, you know, made some money. So go for it. I'm doing horror because of that. I, you know, I wrote, what, three sci-fi films, none of which could be made on a low budget. And now I'm writing a horror movie. Yeah, Case in point. Sense. Yeah. And, and there's a direct, some directors that have stayed within the horror genre and become masters of the craft, such as Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, you know, and there actors and actresses. Yeah. And actors and actresses that have started in low budget horror movies. I'm thinking, you know, Kevin Bacon, Johnny Depp. Jennifer and they've Anderson. gone on to Jamie be. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Jamie yep. Lee yep. Curtis. Yeah. Oh, and uh, the Aliens girl. What the hell's her name? Uh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, yeah. Yeah. Back to uh, Jennifer Aniston, I just have to say. I need me gold. <laughs> She's a leprechaun. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> that leprechaun here. <laughs> was that leprechaun in the hood or in the space? <laughs> right. All of them. All of the above. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Send them to space. It'll make money. Take it to yeah, AFM. Yeah, <laughs> rep. We Bingo, bango. Daddy needs a new boat. Oh man! Do they even do like a Hellraiser? All those horror franchises end up in space at some point. Yeah. They did in the eighties yeah. and nineties. Yeah, Jason even went to space, which was actually Everybody I haven't seen space. it. But Jim, have you seen the Jason in space one? I've heard it wasn't bad because of it was poking fun at itself. Was it? Was it okay? I've heard people say, yeah, I, it was bad, but it knew it was. It was like tongue in cheek, like having fun with it, kind of bad. The the yeah the only Friday the Thirteenth I didn't like was Seven New Blood because there wasn't enough of a body count. Um, other than that, I've enjoyed every Friday the Thirteenth. Nice. Very do you good, do you think that do you think that those <laughs> do you think that those movies are gonna like presage our future in in so far as like eventually Elon Musk is just gonna be sending our are like villains into space and then all of these movies will come true somehow. Uh, all these <laughs> movies are coming true anyway. 
like I said, we now know <laughs> that true, the government, yeah. the the idea that a that a government will efficiently like respond to know, right? some kind of outbreak like that in a matter of minutes and be able to lock down a building, that would never happen. I mean, we got to use we got to roll so out the price. plastic. We got to use plastic and tape. There's no way we can afford that. Never happened. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Um, if I'm going to pick, uh, be picky about this movie, um, I would call out a couple of quick things. Uh, the angry acting got a little over the top. Sometimes they're too quick to anger. Uh, just an acting thing for me. I, um, this gives me an excuse to talk about acting theory. So sometimes it works better when a person tries not to have an outburst rather than just going for the angry acting thing. Because it's just kind of overdone. Mm. So it kind of comes across more realistic if you're like trying to hold back and then it kind of bubbles up and comes out. That's a more naturalistic way to get angry. And uh, the same with crying. Instead of bursting into tears, you might want to try holding back tears or trying not to cry. But there's always mm. exceptions and it wasn't like gratuitously bad or anything. I just, I notice angry acting when I see it. Um, and this movie had it, but I mean, there's zombies running around, so I can forgive that. A uh, thing I did like that stood out was this editing trick that I hadn't seen. And, and let me know if you guys have seen this before, where she says, hey, she demands to see the footage he just shot. And so we actually, watching the film, see them rewind mm -hmm. the footage and re-show this, this uh, scene where the grandma zombie gets shot. Um, which, by the way, she was one of my favorite zombie characters uh, ever. She's just fantastic. Uh -huh. I love her. She was funny and scary at the same time. <laughs> Um, yeah, and she just she grandma would just not you <laughs> died hard. She just would not go down. I'd like to believe that she's in the sequels and that she's still running around with her granny panties just biting people because uh, she was she was fantastic. But um, I loved that idea of using the in camera edit trick where you just rewind and show the thing again. Uh, it kind of calls our attention to just what what just went down in case we miss it. And yeah. I kind of did miss it the first time. So it was neat to see it again. And like, they're like, hey, better pay attention. And it was a cool little shot. Has anyone else seen anything yeah. like that before? Don't or... they do that in Spaceballs? <laughs> That's the only other time to comedic effect, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was the Spaceballs right. maneuver. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. It was the Lord Helmet maneuver for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man, I wish they would have done the now, now bit. <laughs> yeah, when will then be now? Soon. Soon. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, shit. Anytime you call, uh, make a Spaceballs reference, I'm going to jump on that uh, trolley right away. I'm amazed I don't hear them more often with my last name. Yeah, oh, you'd be amazed how right. rarely. Yeah. Well, now you will. Yeah, it doesn't you happen that often. The, uh, I've gotten it before, clearly, but. No, yeah, the uh, the horse is out of the barn now. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm already well, trying to figure out the, the wheels are turning. So that's that, that's forthcoming. Well, I guess this isn't, isn't quite what you're talking about, but like Guy Ritchie does this in like every single one of his films, right? He finds ways to show the action sequences twice. Uh, you'd have to give me an example. I I know the name. I just am not off the top of my head familiar with his. What, what through like movies? What through POV? Like when no, he switches like I'm thinking, characters? Like uh, I think the, the clearest example would be his version of um sherlock holmes right he did the one oh sherlock holmes he's with, the uh, sherlock holmes guy with um iron man he did the sherlock holmes with iron man uh -huh. robert downey jr yeah robert downey jr yeah and so like he would he, he would show robert downey jr's uh like internal like thought process of how the fight would go uh -huh. and so we'd see the whole fight scene 
and then it would go back into real time and then the fight scene would occur again as uh sherlock holmes had envisioned it and so that's a trick to getting to show action scenes twice he does that in a lot huh. of his movies i think i think that's actually kind of his uh people are coming to like realize it now it's sort of parody okay guy Ritchie's snatch lock stock and two smoking barrels uh-huh. etc yeah okay. yeah i knew i wasn't it wasn't clicking for me yeah it um, does those two movies actually i don't think he uses it but i think he starts after but those movies are great too those movies are great yeah so, yes, i remember seeing those in the theater i love probably. bumbling i love bumbling uh criminal yeah, right yeah, they were bumbling and a mumbling, especially in Snatch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like yeah. eggs. Yeah, I like dogs. <laughs> That's a good one. Brad Pitt was excellent. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm looking through what Guy Ritchie movies I'm going to rewatch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to clips. That's a good time. Um, Pepe, this one's for you, and I'll leave it to you to figure out what I'm hearkening back to. <laughs> okay. Okay, this will be fun. This is uh, the girl zombie uh, scene that we already kind of talked about when she when she changes. It was a good one. Creemos que el foco de infección puede ser el perro y que se transmite a través de la saliva. Si eso es así... was a lot of chaos <laughs> so did, what, what was i uh queuing you up for i don't, there, I don't know man but that was marie just marie oh, oh yeah <laughs> marie, marie <laughs> come in here. i caught that you just I captured that clip just to set you up oh well we'll, we'll do just, it it'll come just, up again just Where's listening the mac to that and cheese? clip that just listening to that clip was so much scarier than that stupid like how is anyone yes. gonna do, do that cat's also nodding dubbing, in agreement you know? okay so that was better yeah, the sound was. Oh uh, man, the sound was Way so better. good, and I'm yeah, it makes me sad that you guys watched the wrong version of it. So anyone listening, beware! Just uh, don't listen to don't, that shitty dub. Don't do the dub. Not in this case. Some dubs work okay. I'm always hesitant when it's a dub, especially for live action. Some for some reason, like anime dubs uh, have gotten better over time. Like I don't know if the group of American actors they always use for these have just gotten really good at it or something. Or maybe Netflix is throwing a ton of money at it and doing it right. But the dubs seem to be a lot better. Uh, but the live action ones, I just I have trouble with. I love Kenshin, the, the anime, the cartoon. Um, but the, Netflix has released uh, Kenshin movies. Um, and I just ha- I can't take the plunge yet because they're dubbed. And I, just, I probably should just watch the uh-huh. uh, original language. Has anyone seen those? Any other uh, no. Netflix sea life? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's tough. 
So it makes me sad. Speaking of um, chaos, I don't know if it was Pepe or Ben, you mentioned the, the chaos of that scene. Yeah, That's yeah. another thing that I wanted to mention that I really liked is I think this film did like good chaos, which I think is kind of an art form because I actually, I didn't mention this in The Other Side of the Wind, but one of the scenes I very, I very much did not like in that film was near the beginning, I guess just the beginning, there's that very long like Home Alone sequence. Like it reminded me of the Home Alone, like when they're all getting ready but it's like all of them leaving yeah, the studio yeah. and it really drags on, which is one of the reasons I didn't like it. And it didn't feel like the, like good chaos. It was like, there was a lot of things happening and I didn't give a shit about any of it <laughs> at all. I, had, I, I did not care I was what was repulsed. happening on any part of the screen. Yeah. I just, I, I, 70s, yeah, there's a lot of, I mentioned this before the seventies kind of put me off. So like, I wasn't ready to like plunge into like seventies Hollywood, you know, it felt a little uh, dirty or something. And the, and I could just yeah. smell the like cigar smoke through the screen almost, you know. Mm-hmm. It's time to move the company, yeah. like that kind of thing. It's like, oh god, I'm so glad we've everything gotten away the, from smoking. Everything in the '70s just turned brown for like ten years, and then totally. finally, like other colors were allowed to was, happen again. It was like when the industrial revolution happened, and like all the moths. <laughs> yeah, right. like That's how they they always teach this in biology 101 or whatever. Like the moths used to be all white, and then uh, after the Industrial Revolution happened, and there was coal everywhere. Uh, there was so much coal that uh, the birds uh, ate all the white moths, and then the uh, black moths became the dominant ones because they were able to hide in all the muck. So it's kind yeah. of similar to that to draw out a ridiculous oh, uh, biology uh, uh, parallel uh-huh. there. But it'll be on the to my point. I. I just think that like a note to filmmakers, if you want to create a chaotic scene, the viewer should care about every element of the chaos. Like I should be trying to listen to everyone talk at once instead of being like, I don't care what any of these people are saying. You know, did any of you guys see mother? No, I haven't seen that yet. It's very controversial if I am not mistaken, but I have known nothing. All right. Well, since since you guys have seen it, I won't say anything about it. Well, someone submit it later. If you want to put it move along. Okay. Did it win an Oscar? Can we watch the next season? Right. It didn't win. It didn't win an Oscar. No. I, also, I just, if you want to see like chaos on film, Mother is like where you want to go. Just like, okay, if you want to just see homework anxiety, like, oh man, I love. I mean, like did that, you like just, it? Like, make I mean, you feel. I've heard oh, people Mother. either really liked it or just really couldn't stand it. As was my mm-hmm. takeaway from what those of well. I, I liked it, um, but not I liked it not necessarily on like the merits of the movie, although there are merits of to the movie. I, I just it was such a like singular vision that the, that he had and it was just like, I'm just going to do it. Um, but the sort of I think the sort of like central metaphor to it kind of falls apart, um, okay. which is too bad. But but uh, I don't know, man, like I that was one of the suggestions I put on the list was like movies that make you feel anxious. And I think people were like, no, I don't want to do that. But I love, I love movies. that already anxious feel enough that way. to be honest. So yeah, that yeah, one but probably rated but like, a one for me. Don't you want to watch movies that like make you feel strong emotions? And that that's such a, yes, except, you know? well, um, yes, I want to emote. Uh, but if I'm already feeling those in strong, intense emotions already, because of COVID and the yeah. world falling apart, then I may want to avoid those for the time being. That's one of those things, though, where well, that's like, understandable. yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you know, society, the the current state of society, um, it it um, 
it influences you know what films uh, rise to the top or not dependent upon yeah. what movies are needed at that time you know like the classic thing is the great depression and the escapism of like shirley temple films right. and such um that's the one yeah, they always Charlie go Chaplin. to right exactly you know so the escapist fair and 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 uh i, I don't know what what uh, what other example but that's the classic one anyway but um, well, I, I mean, I'm sure that... if there was a uh, like a calmer, more boring time like the 90s, which, you know, come to think of it, a lot of anxiety movies were pretty big back then, like uh, very bad things and, and, and such. That that was a 90s film, mm -hmm. the boring 90s. Right. So um, that, that could yeah, be a misery. Yeah. Misery. Yeah. I mean, there that, you go. I think the 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 like roller coaster analogy that Jim used is like pretty apt, right? Because like, I like that, yeah. why do you go on roller coasters? It's like, well, it's going to give you a strong reaction while it's going to give you this very visceral feeling while also knowing generally speaking that you're like perfectly safe. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And to that's add the same that, thing though. that movies do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Go, go ahead. To, yeah. To add, no. Yeah. This is good to add to that though. I've seen like fighter pilots, like just be like yeah roller coasters don't i already feel those things like every day well, or whatever, right you know? yeah or i imagine yeah. if someone had vertigo they probably would be like nah not for me you know yeah. i'll skip the, well, uh, I mean, the Jim, grizzly on this trip to great america yeah well i mean like i remember when i was a kid when i was a kid every single movie i saw scared me like sure like oh, gremlin God, yeah, scared terrifying. me like who <clears throat> framed roger rabbit scared me like i had nightmares unless it was yeah, like E.T. was scary. He was but an now, ugly, like, ugly alien. I did not want to meet him. No, like horror movies don't really scare me, right? Or no, like just yeah. movies in general don't scare you because you're in a you're like an adult. You know what is real and what is yeah, not. Yeah, grown-ups you know? are lame. <laughs> yeah, but like but like that's why you go to a movie. like even if you, you go to horror movies to like see to like have an emotional reaction to like to like make you wanna like I don't know. I, I find myself laughing a lot at horror movies yep. or yep. just like anticipating like, oh, are they going to do something I've never seen before? Like, yes. how's this person going to die? Or and when they do do something you've never seen before, you're just like, oh, that was great, you know? Um, But like, that's I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like that's the point of movies is to like have a have a an experience that gives you that elicits a reaction. And I can understand why there would be certain circumstances under which you wouldn't want to subject yourself to those things. But th like, that's why some of these, some movies that you see that are like technically on like a technical sense good, like the cameras in focus and shit like that. But like, it just slides out of your brain up the minute you walk out of the theater. Like a movie like that is almost worse than a movie that is just like ultra bad, like plan nine from outer space level bad. Right. Because at least in Plan Nine from Outer Space, you're just like, what the fuck are these people doing? You're leading into it, but with these movies that are just like dime a dozen rom coms or whatever, like some movie you'd go see with your mom or so, or like something like that, they're just nothing. They're just like, they're like, they're just nothing movies. They're the vanilla of movies. Yeah, those are the ones that really are just formula. And um, yeah. where they haven't done their job of adding in those... or the white bread, I guess. Sure. The Wonder Bread of movies. I shouldn't sure. badmouth vanilla because vanilla is, you know. Yeah, vanilla. <laughs> vanilla is good. Vanilla isn't vanilla in that sense. I think. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they, if they're doing their job and want to be something other than uh, Wonder Bread, then you have to yeah, right. take that structure and then add those add those original elements in, and that therein is the difference. The structure is always going to be there. In fact, with horror and romantic comedies, you can pinpoint all those notes, all those things that they hit almost to the minute, almost to the minute. And uh, that's because that's just, man, that is just how those movies work. I mean, and right. uh, like, yeah, I said, like every Hallmark movie is peril. just the same. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, so, and most of those are, I would call them like, total like white bread films where they're not they don't stand out or have any twist some of them do but for the most part yeah they're yeah they're just whatever no, they're just, you, they're... You, you have to want to just kind of turn off your brain and and watch something like that you know yeah and they're made to be notes. like maximally inoffensive and just like slide off your brain when it's done yep like uh like the worst kind of <laughs> pop music or something right yeah right. yeah I like how they had the uh, the racist guy uh, blaming the Chinese oh, for the yeah. viral outbreak. Um, oh man, yeah. that was totally that was prophetic. Like, just to like what we're trenchant. Going now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He should change his name to Nostro Dumbass. There's my there's my bad <laughs> joke. Oh, uh, because damn, I mean that like actually is happening. Um, another moment I liked was when the mother is like interrupting the interview with the little girl. Um, I actually have that clip, mm -hmm. but I don't know if I should play it or not. It's a little long. Um, I don't know if it <laughs> translates really into well into the audio part, but uh, the mother's just like, oh, yeah, she just had a birthday. And she's like, listen, you are not mic'd. <laughs> None of that's going to help. So just stand there. I'll interview you later. And she like kind of like gets angry at the mom for interrupting like a like yeah. a stage parent. I wonder if they were actually sending up the girl's actual mom like, hey, you know what? Write that write her into the movie, <laughs> you know? Because that happens all the time. It's like, look, don't mess up my interview here. We're trying to do a thing. I thought that was pretty yeah. good. Um, another thing that uh, I realized that I like about zombie films in general, um, even though I'm not a huge zombie fan, I realized that uh, the, the zombie bite and spread does have this excellent... Uh, it it, 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 it um, embeds the movie with this excellent series of burning fuses. Right? Yes. And it's not just one, it's every you have going. And so it's nice to have that tension, like it rolls and then it hits and then it marches towards like an exponent, you know, where yep. either everything blows up at once or you get a series of these explosions to continue the analogy. Um, so that's pretty cool. And this movie did that pretty well. It handled it well. And it even had some hidden ones that I wasn't expecting um, go off, so to speak. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's what I you had asked about the the girl, the little girl being sick. Mm -hmm. That's uh, although personally, I have like an infinite capacity to suspend my disbelief in movies um, okay. unless they're very very bad. Yeah, I'm um, with you. but that was that was the impression that I got was like, oh, okay, this little girl being sick is like a ticking clock. They gotta get their way out of here. Uh, they gotta get out of this building to get this girl her medicine, or else she's gonna. Yeah, I, don't know, her I thought it was will that, explode or something. Yeah, I thought that ticking clock was good in and of itself, and then it turned out to be a twist, which I thought yeah, was yeah. doubly cool. I didn't see it coming though, uh, and that's why I was wondering if no, I didn't. I didn't see it coming too either until until the scene. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, they okay. they this fully telegraphed it at that point. Like, yeah, right. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
their horror grew as ours did, you know. Oh, wait, Bob, <laughs> right. and it transfers through the saliva. Uh-oh. <laughs> and they're just camera, you know, they like pan over or cut over to them. And the mother's <laughs> yeah, just like right. realizing and backing away. It was pretty good. <laughs> They've done a good thing. There. Speaking, uh, uh, just another, yet another video game. Uh, okay. The zombie game, uh, Dead Rising 2, has a whole plot line. Came out two years after this movie, has a whole plot line where your daughter is sick and like the whole, like, thing you have to worry about in the game is like escaping this mall that you're trapped in and also finding medicine throughout the mall for your daughter and you have to like keep returning to your daughter to give her medicine and like it's like literally a ticking clock where if you don't get enough medicine for her she dies the game ends you have to restart and uh yeah i feel like fans of crazy i feel like fans of zombie movies watch a lot of zombie movies and they probably all must borrow from each other what was it that hannaford said like (laughs) it's okay to borrow from other people just don't Keep borrowing from yourself, or don't borrow. Yeah, from don't yourself. borrow from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I mean zombie movies have like like uh, appreciated a resurgence with the Walking Dead. I think I don't think we'd get it. Yeah, even though I hate movies. the Walking Dead. I thought it was so boring after season one. I was just like, I'm out. This is another lost. That's that's where I was with that. Sorry if you're fans of the Walking Dead or whatever, but uh, yeah, that just seemed like it was going to turn into a, a long slog of repeating themes. Uh, how many no, times ben. do you? Uh, do you guys all do you, I mean maybe it's not I don't know I just I I kind of got that I feel like because I stayed with lost too long by my estimation before uh, yeah. before noping out of it um I didn't want that to happen again and I was kind of wary of it and so once it started to feel like that in season 2 of The Walking Dead I was like yeah I'm not going to do this but uh yeah, maybe I'll watch it down the road if if it, if they land it did it did that series wrap actually I have no idea they're in the uh, last they're... season now. Oh my gosh, yep. the series that would never die. There's, like, like, there's like 18 spinoffs. So yeah, that will like, never right. actually end. Yeah, no. Walking Dead. Walking Dead is better than Lost, but I think I interrupted. I, I think I interrupted. Oh Kat. yes, of course. Yeah, I meant to get back to you, Cat. You had something to add there. I was just gonna say when we were talking about the little girl that I was gonna ask if I was the only one that laughed honestly at that scene because she turned to a zombie. I thought it was so funny. I thought it was so funny. Like, uh, yeah. I thought it was kind of cute, too. <laughs> and fun. Um, I definitely wasn't, like, scared for me, like, you know, I'm going to have nightmares in this or anything. That's for sure. Um, I thought it was fun. And then she ran up the stairs and stuff. And, yeah, that was, that was yeah. pretty neat. And even this follow-up scene I liked, too. Her trying to run up those stairs fast was very funny because she can't. She can't do that fast. Yeah. Don't have the motor skills <laughs> but yet. They, wanted, they needed her to get out of that scene. But her just, like trying to run up those stairs and her legs going so quickly, but her moving so little. Was I wonder how many funny. takes that took before they're just like, eh, we got to move on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I did wonder in the, like, when they're fighting her, like, how that shoot went like because it's like it can go one of two ways either it's like really like fun and like funny for the cast and then they like obviously dub in all the sound to make it much more terrifying like the screams which i don't think she was making in in the actual shot um or it could have been like really horrible and they were like traumatizing this small child like it, it was one of the two and like i really hope it was the former because i hope so yeah too. it could easily have been very terrifying like all these adult men just like grabbing this little girl and like <laughs> shaking her yeah, it oh could God. have been really fucked up <laughs> yeah, God. Yeah, every time I start thinking about that stuff, it just reinforces my personal notion to just not write kids in yeah. this stuff. Just like, ah, we, yeah, we don't make them work in other industries. I don't know. Not that they're bad, though. Some kids are great. I just, they get so chewed up and spit out by these things, and it messes with you at that age being in something yeah. so big. Um, but I don't want to 
get into that today, but um, I did want to. Well, every time, to... every time I watch The Exorcist, I just like, I just like Linda oh, Blair fucked up. Linda Blair so bad. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know how. I don't know how parents can do that. Like even movies and they're even bad kids parents. Are movies Straight where up. like they where they swear. I'm just like, who is letting who's letting their five year old do this? You know. I mean, the worst. Linda Blair was like one of the worst off camera things that i've ever seen was one of the movies we watched was that was actually mine that i submitted uh, under the skin it's like i just feel awful for that little toddler oh that little beach. little baby I mean, clearly he was in distress like he's not an actor he was just scared right. on the beach freaking out like how did they get him yeah. to get to that place I want, it makes me want to go punch somebody you know like or like pick him up and run off and be like hey let's get you a freaking ice cream cone or something it's just yeah. awful. So anyway, um, yeah, I, but I digress. Uh, one of the things that w- the tropes that I, I enjoy and sometimes it takes me out, but uh, but sometimes it's also fun to call it out is like when when people like clearly are like leaving themselves totally open for an attack or to get bitten when they really, really should not take their eyes off. Yeah. Off the pr- and that happened with the little girl upstairs. It was one of those things like. You're going to look away and you're going to like say a comment or something. And then she, that's the moment she's going to like jump at your face or whatever. So I saw that one coming, but I didn't see the uh, bonus granny panties zombie scene that came after that when the guy tried to run away and she came out. What did, what did he uh, pick up and smash her in the face with? Was it like a, a lamp or something? It was something pretty heavy and sturdy, but he got, he got her good. It was a really great uh, end to her character arc, so to speak. <laughs> I don't remember what it was he hit her with. Some heavy. It sounded like, like a shovel, but I don't know where yeah, he got it. Yeah, yeah, some kind of something like that. It was heavy and metal, and uh, it was just an awesome little bonus thing that happened. So this is was nice. It, was it like cherry a cherry on top of her character? Was it like a frying pan that left her like the imprint of her face in the frying pan? <laughs> it was, it was so like, wild. It, it, it was very satisfying when he was smashing her in the face with that thing. Really enjoyed. But speaking that. of. Speaking of that, there was a good plant and payoff uh, Ben ah, with the, the breaking down the door. So in like the very beginning, they break down the old woman's door and they use a, like a mallet for that. And that's not the weapon he uses when he later bashes her head in. But when they're running up the stairs, finally to get mm-hmm. to the uh, landlord's office to get his keys, they get attacked by uh, one of the Zyphron who was one of them attacks him, and that happened to be on that landing where the mallet is still sitting against the door and he, he picks it up and you know, kills there him. There you go. It was a good, yeah, that's, yeah, that's to have a why there. payoffs are great because otherwise you'd be like, yeah. what a mallet, you know, but if you see it, go, you totally buy it and run with it. So yeah, as did I, and that that's pretty good. Good job. Um, anyone else want to uh, add anything before we wrap this uh, convo up? on wreck pepe i think you had something you wanted to talk yeah about. yeah which of the, which of the movies do you think that we watched hold off the like mockumentary the best the, like mockumentary in so yeah yeah like insofar as it is a mockumentary which do you think pulled it off the well best? let's let's name them real quick and see if i can even remember i don't want to name them all i know okay. the one i submitted was the blair Witch. let me see I, let me see if i can remember okay so we did troll hunter which was mine okay uh, Blair Witch, which was Ben's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Name of the Wind, which was Cat's. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the other uh, side of the this, wind. This, Name of the Wind this is a great one, book, though. Or, I'm sorry, not Name of the Wind. Um, other Side of the Wind, which was Cat's. 
Uh, this one wrecked, which was Jim's. Which was Jim's. And which one did Devin submit? Oh, he He's submitted uh, 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 the 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 dumb one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no way! I love that movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, what we do in the shadows. What we do in the shadows, which is an excellent film. I mean, objectively, not to. <laughs> I don't want to just like to my own horn, but I mean, if you are if you are taking mockumentary as meaning a like meant to be a documentary, but then it's not like, you know, a fake documentary. What, (laughs) yeah. What we do in the shadows is the only one that's like really a documentary with like actual, like talking heads and interviews and like experts. And like, it actually reads like a documentary. Yeah. Whereas like troll hunters is like more like an amateur news package, which is different than a documentary. The Blair witch project is just like, I mean, they they wanted to make a documentary, but like ninety percent of what you see isn't isn't the documentary. They're not interviewing anyone for most of the film. Uh, Other side of the wind, same thing. There's not there's no like almost no interviews, and that is a couple interviews. Um, that one's maybe the second closest. And then Wreck is really just a found footage film. It's again it's a tiny bit in the beginning to frame it, but what we do in the shadows keeps the gimmick throughout. Yeah, I think, and mostly the, most. the horror ones are found footage, and um, though technically I think they're still mockumentaries because they're fake documentaries. Um, I think most people tend to, I, at least I did, I, we tend to think of them as comedy uh, genre. And so I think what happened here was we all wanted to be different and we all zagged. So really we all zigged and uh, Devin zagged, which happened before actually too with the black, with black and white, white yeah. which we mentioned. <laughs> so that's interesting. I'm just, I'm just so glad we didn't have to watch poor at I really didn't want to watch that. Oh, I didn't even refer to me. Wow. I was this close. You know what? No other if, you, if you were going to submit Borat and instead submitted What We Do in the Shadows, thank you so fucking much. <laughs> I'll just assume that that was the case. Devin would just see it's that meme where the guy has his <laughs> finger above the two red buttons. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I really appreciated uh for me, uh, what we do in the shadows, I was probably the most excited to rewatch. I really, I obviously love that movie, and I love the series. Did anyone uh, uh, dip their toes into the into the television series? The next season ended up coming out, uh, which I haven't watched yet. Season three. I'm I'm sure yet, I still want to. Them. I just, I have uh-huh. so many shows I want to watch right now. Yeah, me. Too. I'm still working my way through Dickinson. Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. 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 Well, definitely queue it up and check it out. Uh, Anyone have uh, anything else they want to say about the which one of these was uh, the most uh, effective mockumentary? Or Pepe, did you have like a final thought on that you wanted to cap it off with? No, not really. I just like we just talked curious. about. Yeah. Um, well, we talked. We sort of took a moment to like think about what we thought of, or like what to what benefit like these movies were being that were in black and white like to what benefit to them was that and i thought maybe yeah we right might have something to say about that um but this is it's a little bit of a different situation with this i think but anyway that was just i just wanted to sort of throw that out there yeah. I, I, I will say this uh, sorry real quick sorry um i i will say that i was pleasantly surprised at our choices and i'll leave it at that i will say that for me within the like the name mockumentary that it's there's a sense of it's mocking something and of course like it's it's mocking the documentary style format of course you mm-hmm. know that's the, that's the genre but i guess i'm gonna vouch for my own movie as being a really good mockumentary in the sense of the fact that 
it really blurred the lines of it being a like being real versus not real um in many ways yeah and and i think i think like when i think of like spinal tap um there's moments of that also in like in 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 the movie spinal tap where you think that like i'm like is is it is it actually a documentary or is this you know you know or is it is it not a is it a mockumentary or is it almost feels like an actual documentary of an actual rock band you know because even if, even though it is making fun of itself, just like the other side of the wind, it's so blurred to the point where you're not quite sure. And I think for me, that's what makes, you know, certain mockumentaries stand out uh, because of the fact that I'm just kind of like, what is being satirized? And it makes me at least question that and like question what is reality and what's not reality. Um, yeah, that's at least that's my my response to you your questions up there well you know i'll agree with you on that cat because i have found that out of all the ones we've watched the other side of the wind is the one i most thought about after watching it um and i thought it was the most unique of the submissions um and it was a nice surprise to see something that just got past my radar that was kind of a big deal that it was orson welles's final movie and uh how he you know was he was doing the whole um oh, what's the word um meta thing before meta was really a, a word that we all you know knew or or used that uh and so um it was pretty cool in that sense um also when i remember watching uh uh what's the what's the other movie you mentioned the rock star one but final tap Thank you. I remember watching Spinal Tap when I was a kid. On It came on TV, and I had no idea at the time that it wasn't a real documentary for a while. <laughs> I remember it being like, oh, it goes up to 11. These guys are so funny, you know? <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I think Spinal Tap, like, quote-unquote, suffers from, like, the same problem that Other Side of the Wind does, is uh-huh. that it's, like, it's just, it's too good. Like, they did yeah. too good of a job making a fake documentary that it's, like, they made they they got together like a real English like rock band, right? That they made a fake English rock band that was good enough to have been a real one. And then they made this documentary about them that was good enough to have been a real documentary about this fake rock band. In the same way that Orson Welles is like too good at making movies to like make a bad version of the movies he doesn't like that he wants to like show you as being shitty, you know? Yeah, I said that in our chat that like if you ask like a master illustrator to draw poorly, they would actually that would actually be a tough challenge that they may not even be able to do because all that knowledge and experience would seep into that work even despite their intentions. And I think that happened with uh, Orson Welles. Um, Some of those scenes that were that were taking a poke at what was going on. He was mad at the 70s filmmaking, clearly. Um, and but yet he was tap dancing around their efforts and showing them how it might be done well. You know? Oh yeah, so or yeah, some yeah. Wellian even. Um, so yeah, that was pretty cool, uh, and uh, it was a pleasant surprise overall. Uh, I will mention that uh, it's uh, almost criminal that they didn't have uh, uh, Spinal Tap uh, available for streaming 
and the oh, other man. one that I had really hoped we would get to watch for this one that maybe we'll do in the future is uh, District 9, because that also wasn't uh, streaming for free somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that that's worth mentioning as a, a modern uh, mockumentary that just was, God damn, that movie was good. It was a good one. Has anyone not seen District 9? I'm just curious. Cat. Okay. So, uh, yeah, if we don't get to do it on the show, check it out sometime. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. And it's also criminal that they didn't ever do a sequel to District 9. What the hell was that all about? Well, to yeah. be honest, I think you might have dodged a bullet with that because all the rest of his movies have been kind of crummy. I know. He's almost the uh, the M. Night uh, of, yeah. of his uh, genre of the South sci-fi. Africa. I, I didn't hate Chappie. I liked Chappie. I don't know. It was okay. It was, it, was a, it was like the special effects like were worst, very good. It was like a bad uh, uh, short circuit remake or something. <laughs> have you I seen don't know short why circuit? They got de- I have not. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why they <laughs> like were to be like the main characters. I think that was a very bizarre choice to pick two like well known musical artists. Yeah, I actually be, liked a few of their uh, characters. Too. So I was like, I, kind of yeah, excited I for do. that one. Like, oh, I like Diane. Yeah. That, I think it just pulled me out of it totally. D D Antwood is how they pronounce D-Antwood, it. It's okay. it's spelled Diantwood, but it's pronounced D Antwood. If I'm not looking out for it, I always pronounce stuff like the cliche white guy. I tell you. Diantwood. Oh, always, always saying things. Yeehaw. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Diantwood. Okay. So anyway. All right. Well, that wraps up our uh, our mockumentary uh, series four already. So this is our twentieth episode. Um, congratulations, everyone, on that. Um, but uh, I Yay. guess we do have one thing left to do, and that's our final grade. But before we do that, we do have time to take a short commercial break. And now a word from our sponsors. Are you quarantined in a building by an unbelievably efficient government organization and have to run for your life from a growing horde of bloodthirsty zombies? Well, I bet you could use a boost. Run directly to the nearest vending machine and crack open a can of wrecked blood energy drink. (laughs) That's right. Wrecked blood energy drink gives you the pep you need to stay one step ahead of the horde. So when push comes to shove and it's time to fly, you fools, you'll be flapping at the head of the flock. And you'll be well on your way to surviving until the very last scene of the movie. Side effects include making foolish mistakes that the audience can see coming from a mile away, leaving yourself open to telegraphed attacks. Warning will not work unless you're the main character. Wrecked blood gives you wings. Disclaimer, wrecked blood does not actually give you wings. Duh. <laughs> God, I remember when I was in the mid 2000s when I was in high school and obsessed with zombies like everybody was in the mid 2000s. There was a zombie blood energy drink that like came in a blood bag that I like had seen on Amazon or something, and I wanted it so bad, but I had I mean I had no money because I was a high schooler, and right. I just I wanted it so bad, and I never I've never tried it. I'm sure it tastes like just god awful, but I just I remember wanting it so bad. <laughs> I can see that. Like it's <laughs> it's one of those fun themed. When was this about? Circa. Uh, I was like two thousand ten. Okay, yeah. twenty ten. Yeah. No, I remember they had like gross out kind of snacks and stuff when in the nineties a lot too. It's like oh eat this goo. Yeah. And it's like marketed to kids like monster goo, and it was like you know Jello or like pudding or something, right? 
Um, so I can <laughs> yeah, see them yeah. spinning that out into an energy drink thing. Bug Get your juice. zombie. Yeah, exactly. Bug Get juice. your zombie blood. Gross out your grandma. <laughs> so it's so funny. Like Nickelodeon one day, there must have been a boardroom meeting where uh -oh. some guy was just like, you know what kids love? Gooey shit. Let's make a whole <laughs> brand that's just goo. The whole network. And they were like, they were, and the rest of the dudes at the table just have been must have been like, you know what? That's crazy enough to work. Let's just go all in on goo. Totally. Jeff and then if something. I end up, yeah. give that man a promotion. Slime him. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it all started with you well, can't started, do that on television, right? That's, I was just gonna say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it started with that old game show and like just spiraled out of control. Oh, you mean uh, you're talking about? Uh, Ah, shoot what was it called uh mark summers was the host oh double dare yeah were you talking about double double dare? yeah that's what i was thinking yeah, of. yeah. they slime people before that on nickelodeon and you can't do that on television mm. which is a very early 80s yeah. jim did you ever watch that one? Oh yeah please tell me I'm i watched that i thought i was the only oh, one yeah. that remembered that one yeah 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 no, no, I, remember this. I remember this in. oh you do too pepe cool cool well okay. i remember they they would have the show and then they would have like two of the characters sort of having like a sit down at the end of the show to like Sort of like talk about the moral of whatever the story was that right happened Which was right. Satire, and then, right? Of yeah, TV yeah. And the then time. one of them, yeah, one of them would like get slimed after. They tricked the other one to saying the word. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember what the word was, but if you ever tricked the other actor into saying the word, down came the slime. Yeah, we we're so off topic. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We need more goo. We, we need more goo. Have we produced kids a wild goo? About goo. <laughs> To uh, come up with a final grade for this thing, huh? Let's find out. I love the goo. Yeah, poetry. Goo poetry. <laughs> okay. So with this Sorry. one, uh, it's okay. Uh, we've heard, it. We've heard it all before. Clip. No, no, no. It's all right. Um, I'll just cut you out in the edit. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. <laughs> that's why I record separate tracks, baby. Real um, ultimate power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's godlike. Uh, no, I'm too much too lazy to uh, wield that power. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So it's final some goo. Time. It's final goo time. So I, it's goo time, <laughs> yeah. folks. I'm going to give this guy a wreck, a B plus, because uh, I came in with uh, probably C minus expectations and it well delivered above those expectations. And I was along for the ride, had some fun with it. And I'm getting uh, better at watching movies in foreign languages, frankly, uh, from doing this show. So I'm reviving an old skill that I had back in the day. Um, so I'm very, very uh, pleased with how that's uh, come to pass. But uh, yeah, I think this very is a, cool. a B plus movie. All in all, it was a fun watch. Uh, yes, it was a popcorn movie zombie fair. But uh, I think they delivered a lot of bang for the production buck. So B plus for bang for buck. Double B. B, 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 baby. The last B was one I added in <laughs> on my own. All right, Kat, where'd you land with uh, Wreck? Um, I think for me, it's a solid B. Um, I think that, like I said, it was definitely entertaining and I got my thrill right out of it. Um, but at the same time, I can't... Um, Oh, it doesn't like overshadow the obviously some of the issues with the movie as well. So yeah, solid mm -hmm. Which there were, yeah. I tended to treat them as like a fun uh, horror movie call out type thing, but um, yeah, I think I think in the B range, I agree with you there. Uh, but Devin, where'd you land with this one? I'm very curious about uh, your reaction. You're being our canary. 
so I, I also came in with fairly low expectations. Um, I, you know, generally just disliking most horror, but mm-hmm. uh, I was surprised that I that it kept me engaged throughout the film. I think that the I do think there's something to the found footage format in kind of tempering the its its ability to kind of emotionally manipulate you. And uh, yeah, I think overall it's like a B minus. I, I wish it had done a little more to surprise me, but overall it wasn't entertaining. Okay. Yep. I can buy that. I'm pleasantly surprised at your reaction too. James Pepe. Um, I think this is going to be a C plus for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think even apart from the terrible dub. Um, oh yeah. 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 Even apart from that, like um, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to knock it for that because that's not the movie's fault, but uh yeah, you know, I think that some of the shaky cam stuff was just like getting to me. I really, I don't know. I have a, in my horror movies, I want to see the stuff. Like, and I want to just be able to like see what's going on, you know. Um, I kind of was wishing for a little more gore in this too. Although there mm-hmm. were some good, some good like people biting necks and like stringy <laughs> stuff, some good stringy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that first bite that granny did on the police guy's face yeah yeah that was some good string yeah up there yeah yeah but uh, yeah it left me wanting for some more gore for mm-hmm. some more interest like at, at the end when the, he had that sledgehammer i'm like oh yeah he's gonna fuck up this guy with the sledgehammer and then i think it cuts away and i was just like no oh, come on <laughs> let me see him hit that guy with the sledgehammer yeah um, totally peter gabriel style yeah. baby yeah man yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um so yeah that's uh, yeah i mean to i think to me this falls into the category of like sick at home movies like this is a movie i would watch if i was sick at home and it was on tv but not sure. a movie i would necessarily seek out yeah and especially not the dub people especially so, not the dub if you yeah. if you disagree with pepe's grade just blame it on the dub that's what i'm doing so moving on before he has a chance to respond actually you know <laughs> that shaky cam thing i do want to say something uh that was kind of a thing in the aughts uh, it was yeah that, uh-huh. that i think that uh was m- maybe we can blame it on uh michael bay can we all agree to just hate michael bay for a second here dude we, but that's we get the on thing it went it went from horror movies into action movies Is which that is how it did? fucking nonsense yeah because like it's it makes sense why you would have a shaky cam in a horror movie right because mm-hmm. you're scared like moving around especially in like found in, footage horror right yeah yeah but like in action movies like you want to see the guy's face get kicked by the hero right Definitely. like show us the please the, frame the face it in kicks, please know? frame the transformer in michael bay please yeah, please well, let me see uh, transformers Optimus don't get me Prime. started on transformers jesus yeah. christ all right all right <laughs> throw the brakes on hard stop Fuck michael bay no so i hard. think that's where the shaky cam thing went to die then was uh was in those um, that's well, Michael Bay had the bright a lot at the time. Michael Bay had the bright idea of like, what if we took Shaky Cam and just made it our main character, who's just constantly just like bristling with shit. You can't tell what's going on. Just all this like goo, just like goop. Just yeah, just, it was everywhere. Yeah, it, it spread like uh, the zombie horde in the aughts, and uh, thankfully died out uh, eventually. Um, people learned to hold cameras again, apparently, in the 2010s. Okay, so we have one more grade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. um, Mr. Jim Scott. 
Uh, yeah, so I would give this movie um, an A minus. Um, I, I re- again, I remember when this movie first came out, and it was great to review it and watch it again after cool. so many years. Nice. Uh, but you know, being a foreign film, and so you know, you get a little uh, exposure to a different culture um, mm-hmm. using the uh ice you know using the you know gothic techniques of isolation you know getting quarantine inside this apartment building um the characters being very realistic to where you know you got a bunch of old older people you even have you know foreign family yeah uh a foreign family and you're like man when shit hits the fan what's gonna happen and i felt i liked the shaky cam um because it felt you can really feel like the the distress um, of the situation. So I, I just love the techniques that they used. Um, the story, yeah, I mean, you know, with so much Walking Dead and so many zombie movies, I definitely see that it's, you know, really tropey now. But in, mm-hmm. in the late aughts, maybe not as much. Um, I think Walking Dead had just came out. See, they're on their eleventh season now. Yikes! So, 2010, it actually came out afterwards. Before the so, era, you know, of you didn't get as really hit. Wow. Yeah. Just on the cusp of that. Yeah. Weird. So, yeah. um, go ahead, Jim. Sorry. Yeah. So, for all of those reasons, it was an exciting film. I remember when it came out. I watched it multiple times. I watched nice. Quarantine when that came out because of this movie and all the rec series with the exception, I think of the fourth one. I don't think I've seen, oh, so you've seen the sequels. Do you recommend them? Uh, uh, well, they're fun, but, um, they're, they're not on this level. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed the other scores weren't nearly as, as good as the original. Yeah. That's rare that that happens. So yeah, it's time for the money grab yeah. after one, one hits. Right. And which I'm yep. sure it did generate those funds. So, yeah, I will, I'll say that uh, this movie definitely in the area of characterization, they, it was punching above its weight class uh, mm-hmm. on this. And I think that, yeah, the shaky cam, if you're going to use it, is probably way more appropriate here than in Transformers. So, yeah, yeah. I'm right on the cusp there with you with my B plus to your A minus. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's I, definitely I, a fun movie. It's a fun it watch. Is, it is. It's worth a watch. Uh, it's, it's less it, than it, 90 minutes. I mean, right? look, like, the critics, yeah. critics versus it's yeah, it's a quick watch too, <laughs> which was, which was actually a relief. Cause we do want, tend to watch some longer films. Uh, and I'm as guilty of submitting those as anyone, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, um, but it's kind of like fun to, to have a quick one sometimes. So yeah, that was cool. It's definitely worth a watch. Don't watch the dubbed version is the consensus here. Nope. Okay. So, uh, Devin, have we given you enough time to calculate Rex GPA? Yeah, this is our second ever uh, .0 winner. Um, oh, wow. Yay. With a three With a 3.0, making it just as good as November. This is exactly Yay. as good oh as November. That's by, proven by science. Oh, wow. Exactly as good. Uh-oh. Them's fighting words. <laughs> this this cannot stand. This cannot stand. That's right. You guys need to reevaluate your standards. <laughs> um, I also wanted to mention that if Jim didn't like this damn movie so much, we could have had a perfect gradient because we graded them in order B plus B B minus C plus. And so if he had said C, we would have had a, a nice gradient, but Aww. he just had to throw it up by liking it, liking it so enraged. much. 
Boom. Uh, what was the highest? <laughs> what were the highest rated movies this this season? Uh, that's a good question. That's we good liked question. Uh, the Blair Witch Project the most of the three point four eight, um, followed by What We Do in the Shadows, uh, then mm-hmm. uh, Wreck, and then The Other Side of the Wind, and then Troll Hunters was last place. They were all, none no. of them were really. Uh, a little low. This was a very high though. season. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is also surprising to me. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I think they all they all uh, did pretty well, and it was fun. And uh, we're getting pretty good views on them thus far too. So people seem to like these. So all right, maybe we'll do another cool. one down the road. Nice. Do all documentaries yeah. from here. To all documentaries. The- all the we way down. Do- now we're a documentary. We should do, we should do a right. season where we just watch November five times and talk about it every <laughs> for oh, oh, month. Really, just really just podcast, mind that so you vein. Don't have yeah. to. Just, we gotta do oh, it in November. Man. Just do it in the month oh, of November. Oh, November. Oh my god! Perfect. Yeah. Can we call it "What the Crat"? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We can. Okay, good. We're doing it. All right. There's um, oh, man. real quick. I just wanted to mention there's a podcast called "The Worst Idea of All Time." If you really want to check out a weird podcast where these two guys watch one movie for an entire year, they watch it every week for a year. Oh so god. there's only like three seasons because they it takes a year to make. Uh, each season but yeah they watch the same movie 52 times and they talk about it 52 times and they just i've never listened to it they've only done a couple movies that counts as your just one more thing (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) all right it's time to roll for the next episode unless we break a record with our running time here uh, on one of the shortest movies we've ever watched (laughs) it was a lot to talk about um yeah business moving forward though uh series five which is our Halloween slash Oscar winners. It is time to roll for the next episode. Yes. I believe Pepe will be rolling a D10 to determine. A D10, the scariest year. of all dice <laughs> uh, nominations. Because people go for that D100, but I like the D10. It simplifies. Dude, things. the D10 is, this is the like eldritch old god of the Ds. There you the go. D, the dice. There you go. Okay, so we will find out what Series 5, Episode 1 movie will be. And uh, we are ready to roll the... or We are ready to roll the drums. We are ready for that drum roll. I've never heard roll the drums before. Hmm. Roll them drums. Roll them drums. Roll that beautiful bean footage. Oh man, it's a one, so it's a one. It's a one. We will be watching a little movie called The Silence of the Lambs, 1991. Oh baby. Oh baby, kicking it off with a big one. The Roku channel uh, in HD and Tubi and Pluto TV. Uh, And we're supposed to say what Oscars it won or what Oscar it won. Uh, It swept all the major categories. Best picture, actor, actress, and director. That's incredible. Um, so there's one. There's an example of a movie that uh, that um, uh, went above and beyond and redefined its genre. There. Okay, cool. Uh, so Silence of the Lambs, and that will be in a fortnight, two weeks from well when you're hearing this. Nice. As we do the uh, week break. So oc- spooky October coming up. We'll come up with a better name. We'll workshop that. Yeah. <laughs> October uh, looking spooktacular. I don't know. We need to workshop it when the camera is not running. Cool. Um, not October. We... There you go. October. October. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Very good, sir. Well, well done. Right off the cuff there. 
just a regular port portman. Uh, no, I tried to make a portmanteau out of portmanteau and I couldn't do it. I failed. <laughs> All right, gang. Uh, are we ready for <laughs> More the? Shopping. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> we'll we'll move along to uh, some more uh, fun. Uh, it is time for the fourth annual Who Dundee Award. So let's do that. Bang. Welcome to Series Four Who Dundee Awards, where we present the winner of this series, Who Done It competition, with their trophy. And the envelope, please. The winner <laughs> is Gentleman Jim Scott. Well done, Jim. And uh, we have a statue here for you. Yay. It says Hottest in the Office Award. So let me just hand oh, that man. down. Go ahead and hand that oh, to wow. Jim there, Devin, if you would. There we go. There we go. Thank and you. Jim's Thank you, oh, everybody. Seamless. Uh, there it is. Hey, through the magic of television or the internet. Thank you. We've, we've, we've and, figured out how to, before you accept, we have figured out how to send statues through uh, through fiber optic cable. That's our accomplishment. Dude, that interconnected series of tubes, man. That's right. Yep. As the senator uh, so aptly put it. But Jim, uh, let's hear your acceptance speech. Well done. Yeah. So um, I want to thank God, first and foremost. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I, I want to thank my, my mother. Um, okay. All of my adoring fans, all of you, <laughs> there are, there are legion. <laughs> yeah. oh, and all of you creative talents in and around the office, in the back office and in the front, or, uh, you know, doing this uh, creative venture where we get to watch movies that we enjoy and other, you know, our friends enjoy and talk about them. Awesome right. experience, you guys. Since you got hottest in the office, we'll do the Ryan thing. I believe in miracles. Well, you, you sexy thing. I'll play you off. You sexy thing. There you, you. go. <laughs> cool, man. Well, enjoy. So uh, let's see. Devin, you're in the lead with two Who Dundies. I have a statue. Um, and Jim has a statue. So we got to get Kat and Pepe uh, on their the tippy top of their game for the next series. So uh, trust those. No, I'm coming games. back for my throne. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually most afraid of that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna sleep. I think I'm gonna sleep this category. I don't mm. think so. All yeah. right, he's calling. He's calling his shot. Wow, he's calling his shot. Will it be hubris? Find out in series five. Okay, show announcements. <laughs> a little bit of fun. I want to add a new section starting in series five for my co-hosts and give them a little homework to do. A little worky work. Um, so. Uh, Basically, well, we're not adding a new section. We're rather plussing the co-host intros. I'd like you guys to include in your intros a what we're calling a headline, which describes the movie. Make it an on-point summary, commentary, funny, poignant, and or clever headline about the movie as if it's a real news article uh, about the events of the film. So I think that would be a fun thing to do. Um, and we'll see if it goes well, falls on its face next series in a fortnight. Fan emails, you can write to ben at redhenmedia.com and we may respond on the show. And uh, it turns out I have an extra Who Dundee statue laying around here. So if you want to claim that and be the first person to email the show, co-host and family not included, 
Um, <laughs> write us in. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. And uh, if you're nice about it, uh, you may uh, earn yourself a Who Dundee, um, an honorary Who Dundee. You have to be on the show to get the real thing. So no T-shirt for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that about wraps things up. <clears throat> oh, boy. Here we go. Just one more thing. You'll never take me alive, Columbo. He's gonna he's gonna bite you, dude. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> it begins. The Columbo yep. zombie horde begins. Okay, so we've reached uh, just one more thing. Um, and that is when Lieutenant Columbo interrupts the show to tell us we have time for just one more thing, where each co-host shares a little something from outside the show. And uh, I will share something. Uh, there was a flash sale on uh, Steam for a little game called, um, oh shoot, what is it called? I'm totally blanking. What's the game you've bought? All Metal Gearbox? Yeah, right. (laughs) I wish. Skyrim? I wish. Yeah, Skyrim. Skyrim VR. Mm. So uh, yeah, I said buy it five times and Pepe knew exactly what it was. So I bought Skyrim VR for like 16 bucks. And I was like, yeah, I haven't played Skyrim since it came out. I I haven't bought it five times, but a lot of people have. Um, and that was so much fun. It was so much fun playing Skyrim in VR. I only played through like the intro part, but uh, totally into it. Um, if you can catch it, it's a ton of fun. Throw it. it oh, you have fun. it too. Yeah, throw it on your on your wish list now, and uh, and wait for them to heavily discount it because they already did it once. They're going to do it again. So you know how Steam does. Uh, pick up yourself another copy of Skyrim, but this make sure it's Skyrim VR and play it on your VR headset. Definitely worth uh, checking out. Okay, cat. There's some oh, excellent we got some mods comments. for okay. VR. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just there's great mods. There's one that lets you throw weapons and then call them back like Mjolnir, and it's so satisfying. Ooh, anyway, okay. That's all. It's, it's I will have to have an aside with you at some point then. Yeah. There's also one that turns all the dragons into Macho Man Randy Savage, right? Also true. Can yes. you mod yeah, the yeah. VR version of it though? Is that is it? I have no idea. Yeah, you can you can mod it as much as you can mod the regular game, and there's even unique mods oh, that only work in VR. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, Incredible. that's another deep dive I'll have to take. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I told All my the wife, dragons oh, go. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's so great. I went to a, a Monday Night Raw about ten years ago. It was a little bit before my son was around, so I could do fun things back then. Uh, like that and uh <laughs> had, someone was running around dressed I, it looked just like macho man it was like the ghost of macho man randy savage was there and that was like the most it was more thrilling to see the guy cosplaying as macho man than the actual event was though the event was fun too uh just had to bring that up oh yeah snap into it uh okay so cat um, oh i'll just leave that where right where it landed cat what do you got for us this week on just one more thing um, my just one more thing is kind of a guilty pleasure um, reality TV show on Netflix called <laughs> The Circle, and I and this is this is my pitch to you guys is that okay. it's a social experiment <laughs> essentially because of the fact that it's based off it's a game it's essentially a game show. Uh, all the players do not only interact with one another through like social media profiles so some some players decide to like catfish one another essentially to be the most likable player and win the prize award at the end of this of the season but it's it has a bunch of games throughout the whole uh season which makes it fun and obviously entertaining but um i i think it's it's cool i there's three seasons of it 
check it out. If that seems to interest you. It's a social will, media. Will experiment. it? Uh, interesting. Will it? Will it? Um, hook me if I just throw it on for five or ten minutes. Or does it take? Um, or is it a bigger investment than that? I feel like you're gonna you're gonna probably think it's like really. I don't know. Like I don't know if cheesy to be the right word. I think some elements of it, you'd be like, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you feel like it's for you. But once you actually start getting to know the people and their personalities, because they always choose really like great personalities too, to, to be part of it. So right. if you get invested in that, then I think you can get, be invested in the show. But again, I can also see it being tedious for other people. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put it on with the wife and see if it if it uh, if it uh, hooks. <laughs> Um, it is the most dystopian Black Mirror idea for a show I've so, ever heard in my yeah, life. I yeah, can't believe it's a real thing. It's the most dystopian thing that exists in our real world. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, they well, also, it's so strange. They have a specific building for it because none of the players can leave the premises and they can't interact with one another Terrifying. in like real world. So like they can't interact with anyone outside movie. of it. Um, I think it's similar to kind of Big Brother from what I've known about Big Brother the series. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but yeah. Um, well, the we live in a dystopian society now, so it's it's only fair that our game shows uh, reflect that. Um, I'll also say that I've said this uh, several times before because it's true: is casting is eighty percent of your uh, job uh, to get mm -hmm. right. So if they cast it well, then you know you're you're pretty much left with uh, just making sure uh, all the all the other elements are, are working and everyone shows up when they should. Yeah, money and the gold. Um, I have the circle on my list, but I also have the floor is lava on my list too. So oh, I love the title it's a of that game show. <laughs> floor is lava. Yeah, I think I've heard of that one. I love that title. That's that's beautiful. <laughs> Who doesn't relate to that? If you haven't played <laughs> Floor is Lava, just get out right now. As a kid, <laughs> <laughs> the floor was always lava when I was a kid. Are you kidding me? That's how I broke yeah. it. We lived in a volcano. What do you expect? I know, exactly. I'm volcano folk. So, you know, go easy on me. We don't, we, we don't know folk. your ways. <laughs> I'm just a simple volcano lawyer. That's right. I don't know about your big city ways. That's right. <laughs> I'm barn folk. We leave the door open. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was born in a barn. All right. That was from the state. I totally ripped that off. Um, so I'll be hearing from their attorneys. Okay, who who do we have now? Uh, that was just two of them. Oh, dear God, it's happening again. Okay, it's the show after the show. Devin, you already got yours. We're skipping you. Now, what do you hey, got? What do you hey, got? Oh, yeah. What do you got? Now you know what it feels like, Devin. You get skipped <laughs> by Ben. It doesn't feel very good, does it? It stings. It stings. Yeah, it's like a volcano erupted? Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> let, me get, let me get through that. I'll go quick. Uh, so my, just one more thing, is... A game that came out today called Kenna Bridge of Spirits. Mm. It's on PS4 and PS5. I think it's coming to other things, but it might be exclusive. Um, I'm playing it on PS5. Uh, Ooh, it's... I'm playing it on PS5. <laughs> <laughs> it is an action. Uh, <laughs> it's it's an action platformer with a lot of like retro vibes. It actually reminds me of a lot of different games. I get um, a lot of like Breath of the Wild inspiration. Cool. Um, the recent God of War, the 2018 God of War game, the Jedi Fallen Order. Those are kind of the modern inspirations. But then Name the core the of the games. game is very, 
yeah is the core is very jack and daxter like the classic like or or uh you know crash bandicoot like classic action rp or action platformers mm-hmm. um with like a little sprinkling of rpg stuff in there but nothing too deep and it's really fun it's really cute it looks really good the voice acting is really good and it's very kid friendly if you have kids like it's it's a very like colorful and inviting game to children um, it's not really a kid's game though like i'm still enjoying it a lot as an adult but um, would I think I would imagine be a very fun game to play either with your kids or, you know, experience together. Cool. Well, that's also how I know we live in a dystopian society is that you still can't find a PS5 anywhere. So congratulations no. <laughs> on you picking one of those up still. Does anyone else have one or is Devin the only PS5? No. Yeah, exactly. You still can't find them. Never. No, they literally laughed me out of the a store before when I asked if they happened to have one. It was bad. It was my pretty woman moment. <laughs> Jeez. yeah we can't we well, can't tell to you coming in here I mean, think of think of what the, god think of the depths think of the depths of depravity that devin had to like go through put himself right, through to get exactly. a ps5 he had to meet the devil at the crossroads at midnight that's his crap yeah right the ps5 is yeah yeah <laughs> it's whole november back into the combo cool all right well thanks for that one Devin. all things return to november no, yeah, I, I really do like that film. It is, that was a good one. It is the Ur the Ur movie. So weird. I've actually actually uh, recommended it to several people since we watched it. So put that in your pocket there, Pepe. Yeah. What, what have you got for us this week? I know I know that we <clears throat> I know that we don't usually recommend movies, but this movie is nigh impossible to see, so I'm going to recommend it nonetheless. Um, it's called The Fall. Uh, it's. I think it was Tarsum Singh's first movie, or at least the one that sort of put him on the map. You might know him from The Cell. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's a movie. Um, it's a movie about movies and a movie about storytelling and a movie about how different people's imaginations work differently and how different people think about the stories that you're telling. Um, and it is a very very good movie and it's criminal that you basically can't stream it anywhere you can't buy a new dvd of it and i think the only blu-rays of it that you can get are bootleg from like china or somewhere out of the country did it come out in 2006 you know i was looking i'm looking for it on imdb right now and i'm struggling here there's a fall, Jillian Anderson, 2013. That looks like a TV show. Uh, yeah, then I have to scroll surprisingly far down to find another thing called The Fall that came out in 2006. Um, it might be that one. I don't see, just quickly looking Lee at Pace this. And it is 2006. Yes, that's the one. It is 2006. Very interesting Lee looking poster. Um, here, let me put it on it's, the screen for people so they know it's what to super, look for. It's super good. Yeah, I mean, The Cell is not the greatest movie, um, but if you like the style of that movie, like the how arresting it was, and if you know Tarsum and how he makes movies, um, you'll like this. If you like movies that are sort of like about old Hollywood and about movie making, like if you like that Hollywoodland movie, you'd probably like this because this is, like I said, a a movie about movies and a movie about like stories. That. Cool. Um, so yeah, I I would suggest going online and getting this movie somehow and mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah, yeah. Read between the lines there. 
Um, and I and I very much will. I'm good at that. Uh, also, big names involved: Spike Jones and David Fincher. Uh, looks like they yeah, were they on produced as producers, it, and it gets a uh, magnificent from Roger Ebert. Uh, oh, you know the other thing. To, left us. Yeah. The other thing to mention about this movie is that Tarsum made this movie basically completely out of his own pocket, which wow. after you see the movie is incredible because they shot every everything they shoot is on location, and so the way he did it was. When he would get a job, he would get some money. And when he would go somewhere to be filming some other movie, he would go to a place that was nearby and film this movie. And he filmed it over the course of like 12 years or so, some some ridiculously long period of time. Um, and you would never, ever know it Crazy. To, to watch it. Yeah, it's an incredible achievement. It's it's such a good movie. It's it's criminal that it is not more widely available. The fall and widely known. Read yeah. between the lines and find it. I'm going to. Um, oh, I wanted to say that the word I was trying to come up with before in our conversation was cathartic or catharsis. When it, uh, what you were saying earlier about movies and, and wanting to emote, you you want the yeah. you want to get that catharsis going, right? Right. So whatever yeah. the emotion is. Um, and uh, I feel really bad for Cat because we're running late. Uh, but uh, Jim, what have you got for us this week on just one more thing? Uh, yeah. So, uh, like I had said last week, I like to celebrate, you know, Halloween and horror, oh, yeah. all things horror early and emote with that. So, yeah. uh, my just one more thing are video games. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the game that I've been playing actually. Uh, it came out in 2016, but I it, it's new to me. It's Friday the 13th, where just like the style in the movies, you either play camp counselors or you play Jason trying to kill the camp counselors. And it's survival horror um, nice. in all of the sense. Uh, running away from Jason is terrifying, and I love it. It's very that similar to great. Dead. Yeah, you should play with me. Um, it's very similar to Dead by Daylight for those of you guys out there that um, love video games, too. So I would recommend that. And I am also recommending, um, I just one more thing, an upcoming horror game. We had mentioned Left 4 Dead. This is mm -hmm. basically their uh, uh, sequel, their number three nice. um, in the franchise. But it's called Back for Blood. And I plan on pre-ordering oh, nice. that and oh my playing God, the hell out of it. Play that. Left 4 Dead is yeah. so, it's one of the funnest uh, co-op yes. games ever next to like Mario Kart or something. I, so much fun. I agree. Don't I, I the totally, <laughs> I totally agree. So I will impart one of my social media, which I usually don't do. So those of you fans out there that want to play with me and us, right? Uh, it is Wiley Wabbit all together. Uh, Wiley Wabbit 69. W I L Y W A B B I T. The two W's are capitalized. Everything else is small, lowercase, followed by the numbers 69. Go figure. But nice. uh, yeah. Nice. nice. <laughs> you must have made that up in the aughts, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, the that's required for... by law for gamer handles. You have oh, to totally. have 69. Yeah, you have to yeah. have some leet in there, yep. too. Which I, yeah, or I 420, right? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's, a, it's all got to be there. Um, very yeah. cool. So, uh, yeah, Wiley Wabbit, um, as uh, Elmer Fudd would say. 
Um, and so re yep. rewind through the power of uh, rewinding uh, digital media. You can go through and, and write that down and, and uh, hit up Jim to play that. Uh, I intend to. That's that it. sounds awesome. Uh, and yeah, I'm I also do say it. that they are getting better at adapting uh, like popular movie franchises to video games and vice versa. They, they're, they're cracking yeah. the code on that finally. It only took like 40 years, but they're getting there finally. Because I remember you were <laughs> I feel like the Sonic any movie. game that... I, Sonic I, I movie really cracked the nut. Mm, yeah. I didn't watch it either. I, I watched about 10 minutes and I turned it off. I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, oh. oh man. <laughs> you guys are... Dude. They, at least, Dude, they hey, at the... least he looked like Sonic, and I'm happy that some people got joy yes. out of that. It wasn't for me, but uh, yeah. So, but other films, other ones, other than that one for me, they're doing a better job. Okay, we gotta wrap this sucker up. It's not fair. It's not fair. Uh -huh. I think I'll miss you most of all. I'm going to miss you guys a fortnight's worth because that's when we're going to reconvene for a series five. Um, but that's right. Uh, yeah. Let's say goodbye for now. And uh, we'll start with Kat. I'm Kathy Ramirez. It's been real. Catch me on Instagram at Kat Ramirez with QZ. See y'all next time. Yes. See you next time. And uh, I am very, very sorry to keep you up this late. We're working on it. Uh, Mr. Devin Schwartz. I've been Devin Schwartz. You can find me at Devin Schwartz one on Twitter and game over, man. Game over. Yeah, it's sad. Series four was excellent. Thanks, everyone. Uh, James Pepe. Uh, I've been James Pepe. Thanks for coming out and listening and watching. And uh, hope to see you guys again in two weeks. Join us. And don't forget the goo. Bring, bring right. the goo. That's right. You can't do that on podcasting. Okay, cool. <laughs> and, uh, Gentleman Jim Scott. Yeah, I'm Jim Scott. It's been a pleasure. And uh, farewell, 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 gentle listeners and friends. That's and right. Take care. Take care. Oh, <laughs> there's the statue. Oh, Excellent. Man. Look at her. We'll fix the rest of it. Nailed it. We got Sticking it. Sticking it right in our faces. That's right. That's right. Came in. He came in. Uh, what do they call it? Side gun or whatever. <laughs> I'm saying it wrong, but whatever that is, I'm not cool enough to actually say it right. But uh, yeah, gangsta style. Well done, sir. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. That was a great series. I hope to continue this uh, mighty Wurlitzer into series five. And this has been I'll Look at Yours If You Look at Mine. And now that you've looked at ours, we hope to look at yours soon. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, give us a five-star review, dot your I's, cross your T's, sign here, initial here, and don't forget to tell your friends. And remember to watch The Silence of the Lambs, 1991, now, now screaming on the Roku channel and Tubi and Pluto TV. Um, yeah, so be sure to watch that for Series 5 in two weeks. Until next time, lookers, keep on looking! Uh.